0: Whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on Patreon.com/sacredicon and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day, and hope you enjoy the episode ahead.
1: Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode where the Sacred Boys unite. And come together to talk about that one game, that one series, that we all hold very near and dear to our hearts. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We are here to talk about Brute Force, no. Episode Forty Nine. <laughs> Halo, Halo. Yes. We- no, <laughs> Michael Scott. No, Jiff. Oh, no, man. Oh <laughs> God, Buddhist no, man. Uh, I am your co-host, jovial Joshua Hargis, here to bring us in to Episode Forty Nine which is crazy. Join with me as 49. always. It's my buddy, my pal, my friend. That tall ass Frodo-looking son of a bitch. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Brian Arvet. Brian, how you doing, buddy?
0: I'm feeling so clean and so fresh this morning. I took So fresh, to... so
1: clean. Wait, that's okay. that song by uh Outcast. Oh man, I want to tell I want to tell what's her name to play that, but then the device will actually start playing it.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dude, there, if, now that you bring it up, somebody it was hilarious. I was at work yesterday. And this guy I work with, his kid was at home, and his kid's like three, and his kid got a hold of the Alexa. And he was sitting at work and he got an order on Amazon for um, Snatchers. And he's like, What the heck? It says your 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 order of the of the movie Snatchers is con- is confirmed. And mm-hmm. he ends up going, and I guess you can check on your Amazon, you can check like what voice commands have been given to Alexa yeah. recently. And you can take your hits. And uh, I guess his kid was like, play Hulk movie game. Play Chinese Movie Restaurant. <laughs> just all this random stuff. She so had to call his wife and have her cancel the, the, the order for the, the Snatchers movie. Oh, my gosh. So it was kind of funny. I what but, Snatchers got on there? But, uh, I don't
1: know. So before we get into the Halo talk, which is going to be throughout this entire episode, first things first, Brian and I on the last episode mentioned that two games that we were interested in have come out uh, this week, actually just yesterday, that being Crash Four for Brian, and that being Star Wars Squadrons for myself. Brian, have you had a chance to play Crash Four yet?
0: No, uh, and I have yeah. not had a chance to play Star Wars Squadrons. We were going to talk about our experiences briefly with those games, but uh, we've both been busy and it's just downloaded on the console, not not being played yet.
1: So. Yeah, you said this on the the playcast, but I wanted you to I wanted to bring it up so you could say it on the pod. But like you mentioned, how you know it's funny because when we were younger, like even five years ago, we would have been on that shit we would have been on our shit with that we would not have missed it but i'm like
0: I, right now i'm thinking like i really want to play that game but i'm not yeah. losing sleep over it yeah no it would have been like we have to play this the second it goes live no matter what like even if the podcast was here we'd be like push the podcast aside we have to play the game like the game is most important but now we're just like oh we got stuff going on so we'll get around to it when we when we can yeah you
1: know? are you how are you feeling like at a on a scale of zero to 10 with 10 being like extremely hyped you have to play it right now Or are you at on there
0: well, I definitely don't want to undersell it because I am a huge fan of Crash, and I'm really excited they made a, a proper sequel to Crash Three. But probably I'm like excited a six, for you, a probably six. like a six, just because I don't know. It's just not on my mind as much. I, I guess I've just been I've been playing the Mario games on my Switch, and I've been busy, and we're doing the podcast talking about Halo. So Brian, give us one of those. Woomdiga,
1: woomdiga, woomdiga. Yeah, they see I got it wrong. That's yeah. how you know Brian's the real Crash fan here. Mm. Uh, I've never actually played through. I've probably only played like maybe ten minutes of Crash in general.
0: It's I feel like there's an argument to be made there for it being better than Mario. I, I feel like a lot of people don't want to hear that, uh, but I feel like that could be a good, not, not not on this show, but I feel like that could be a good uh, uh, conversation on a different show. Okay. Uh, because, I'm not saying even I like Crash more than Mario per se, mm-hmm. but I do think it's, because, you know, it's kind of like the, uh, you know, the, the Crash, the main Crash games that are um, so well received. Right. They are the ones that um, it's a very, uh, it's on rails. You know, it's not open world. Yeah. And so I, th- I think that's why Mario gets a lot of the the win there. It's because it's more open world ish, like you can mm-hmm. kind of run around at your free will, but because of it being on rails, it's so tightly uh, designed. You know what I mean? So that's it works what's really
1: fun really about way. it too? When I was younger, I didn't. I thought, oh, if it's. I got to a point where I was not interested in the more linear stuff. It was like open world only, and yeah. as I've gotten yeah, that, older, I'm, that was the future
0: that. of gaming, kind of. You know, so yeah. Crash now seemed like, like it was held back.
1: Now I'm like, open world needs to be quality over quantity because it's really taking yeah. like the opposite turn. But. uh... Yeah, I'm kind of with you Brian. For me on Squadrons, I'd probably say a 6 out of 10. I love my Star Wars obviously, and I'm excited about the story, but it's a, like a flight game, and as much as I'm hearing good things about that and that it's fun to play, you know, I'm I'm more the boots on the ground type of thing when it comes to that type of stuff. So, I'm really excited for it, but at the same time, I know with it being a $40 title, not to expect too much. So, I think I'm going to go into that game and have a lot of fun, but I don't think I'm going to walk away saying this is some amazing experience and game of the year worthy or anything like that yeah so i know it's gonna be fun though
0: josh hit me up with the sound <clears throat> of taras late night gaming himself uh he boots up halo infinite and as he's booting it up he realizes the game ha- has no shadows they didn't put any shadows in the game
1: what <laughs> he's got such a very distinctive voice that i love i can't do that just i mean no i'm gonna try an definitely angry gonna try.
0: reaction you know
1: the, the, in the gra- What what'd you say, the graphics? What?
0: There's no shadows. Like, they didn't put shadows in the game. There's the game no
1: sh- No, that sounds terrible. That's not right. He's,
0: I can't do his voice. It's going to sound like I'm mocking it, and I'm not. I love his voice
1: so much. There's no shadows in here? I'm going to have to make a video of this. And I know exactly who's going to watch it. No, that's terrible.
0: That's all terrible. I can't do that shit. Man, I should give you a different one. That was too hard, I guess. It is I, too I guess. Because I really. Like, it's like the if the point is, me, is that if you asked me to do her and stuff. do
1: the same thing, it'd be like. Well, I don't quite like uh, that there's no shadows in here, but you know, uh, it's still quite a good game. I love it, quite frankly. And uh, if you were to ask me, you see, in in that. I know what you're going for, but I don't know if that's him either. But that was better. thing. Like, I can't do. Um, I couldn't do any of our. If I had to do Brian, if I had to do yours, I'd be like, okay, Josh, okay, I'm going to try to break this down for you. Objectively, no, you don't have to do that, Brian. Okay, well, I'm just going to. I can't not include objective into this, okay? So. If you were to ask me back in the day, like two years ago, I would say, Josh, this is horrible, unplayable. But now it's I don't even care. I don't even care, Josh. <laughs>
0: uh, how would I do how would I do a, a Josh impression? Um I don't know. It's either well, honestly, anytime I sing it's just me channeling Josh because that's not a thing I do, but
1: you know you what's know, funny is Jeff who put was that
0: booty, though. put that booty dope. Put that booty. Definitely. I was having some chili cheese earlier, and I thought about that booty. It was a great morning.
1: I had chili cheese about a week ago, and I almost thought of sending you a picture, and I forgot to. I missed the opportunity because there. You
0: mean, well, you were no, I wouldn't mind doing picture, it. It's a waited all. You yeah. ate it all before you take the picture.
1: Uh, you know, I remember Jeff from our oddball episode back in like January of the top ten games of all time. Uh, one time was like roasting me at work and I overheard. Well, I, they called me over and they're like, uh, Jeff just said some shit about you. And I was like, let's hear it. And he's like, Oh, look at me. I'm Josh. I love everybody. Let's be all, let's all get along and let's all right.
0: be nice. And I'm very positive and wholesome. <laughs> and I just died. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> Josh, let's mix it up since we didn't get an appropriate hit me up with the sounder. Tell me to hit me up. Tell me to hit, hit you up with the sound.
1: Oh thing. yeah. All right. I'll, I'll do my best. Hit me up with the sound. Wait, I got to do in Brian was. Brian. Hit me up with the sound of Sergeant Johnson and drive-thru at Burger King and he gets his burger with mayonnaise on it, gets the order wrong.
0: Son, did you put some mayonnaise on my burger? I asked you for a double patty, no corn cob, and you gave me this white shit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to need you to take this patty to the back with my boy here master guns and give me some sour cream <laughs> <laughs> see it's hard it's so it hard. hard i hate it i feel like in the beginning I, I i hit you up with them a few times and you really nailed it just randomly and we haven't been able to recapture it And now yeah. i can't we'll get it at like, some
1: point there'll be something the, the best one i ever had was the one with the rookie you know talking to buck or whatever and it was oh. like or no, it was Buck talking to the rookie, and it was like, you I die in a book. I don't even care. Yeah. yeah. You die in a book. All right, oh, moving on, man. Josh. What do you got? Yeah, we got some, we got a little bit of cool news, guys. We got a new development update that just came out a couple days ago. There is a lot of stuff in there. We're not going to really cover it all, because that would be here all day. Um, and you guys probably don't want to listen to us quote everything from that. So be sure and check that out if you haven't Well, before
0: already. you go into that, Josh, the main topic today is going to be, uh, as you guys have heard, but not all of you have watched because we've seen the numbers. Is <laughs> that Josh and I have been doing our playcast series on YouTube, where we play through the entirety of Halo Combat Evolved, and just talk while we play, and just kind of voice our, our thoughts on the game. So now that we've completed the playcast, this episode is going to be this this episode of the podcast is going to be primarily um, just talking about our thoughts on Halo Combat Evolved, reflecting on the game as a whole. Uh, we played the whole game in original graphics, uh, just to give us that more classic feel. So we're just gonna t- we're gonna go we're just gonna talk about Halo Combat Evolved as the main topic today, and just kind of how we feel about it. But before that, Josh is gonna take us through some of this new information quickly.
1: Absolutely, guys. Uh, a couple things I just pulled from that. Just three things, so I wanted to mention this. I wanted to pick Brian's brain about it too. One of the things they talked about, they said with Halo Three ODST out now and season three in full swing, players are loving all the new Halo Three content and pretty much unanimously want more of it. Players have been vocal about wanting more vehicle skins like what CE received, along with additional weapon skins. We've seen this uh, as a hot topic across the community since the release. Do you think there's potential for more Halo 3 content down the road? And our design director, Max, said Short answer is yes. We're looking where and when we can deliver in the categories we already have delivered for skins. And that we were, I'm sorry, then where can we introduce new categories of customization? Meaning, what sort can we add behind what we've already done? There are some additional areas we are exploring, so investigations are definitely underway, and we're coming to it with a lot of ideas, including looking at unreleased content. So I don't, I don't know. Like I, I didn't, I couldn't glean from that if they mean unreleased as in like stuff that just hasn't been ported over to MCC, or does that mean like stuff that was just Bungie didn't even get to put into there.
0: Um, well could, I mean unfortunately I, I'm sure there's people in the community that can answer this better than us so it's, mm-hmm. it's unfortunate that we're the ones here talking for this but um, I mean I don't know they they just they just released that uh, that spec that helmet back into reach you know that, that's yep. the, that something that Bungie had done but never got yeah. put out. so I think they're referring to more content like that. I mean I know we saw the the Guardian model. Um, being remade by a, that
1: was dude. We never talked about
0: that, and that was pretty damn cool to see. I think his user. I think I don't know what his handle is, but his username I think is rejected shotgun. Okay. And he's been like modding Halo 3 Guardian so that it was a because because Bungie had their idea for what a Guardian looked like. You know the Guardians from Halo 5. Right. And they looked quite a bit different. They were a lot more simplistic, but then again, they also looked more in tune with what you'd expect from a Bungie forerunner design. Hmm. Um. So. Yeah, I feel like they're going to, I mean, my general opinion on MCC now that it's become this ongoing live service is they're going to milk it for all it's worth. And that sounds bad in like bad context, but no, I think it's a good thing. I think they're going to get all the juice they can get out of all these games and all these engines. They're going to put in skins, they're going to put in new armor variants or whatever they can possibly do. So I'm all here for it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Brian already mentioned it, so we'll skim past this a little bit, but they asked if there's anything regarding season four content. That they wanted to talk more about Max said um, players can expect to see a few long lost pieces return to Halo Reach when season four comes online. And I think this is the one Brian just mentioned, but the GRD helmet yep, is the one that most people have requested. There are other pieces like another helmet, additional chest piece that they're able. They said they were able to basically unearth, finish and polish up to get in for a future update in seasons. We really think players are going to enjoy these future pieces. In addition, we are bringing armor effects back for elites, along with new combinations for chess pieces paired with the prosthetic arm. We're looking at content in terms of how we can expand the surface area of what is possible. We're looking at uh, unfinished things, making new content, and bringing in things that have not been made, uh, have not made their way into MCC, but uh, have existed before. And they showed off another piece, like of armor and stuff like that. So, uh, prosthetic arm. Refresh my memory. What is? Was that a
0: thing? Well, it's just it's cat's arm, I believe. From oh,
1: okay, okay, yeah. that's what I figured. But I was trying to think: was there more to that? But
0: I, I think, I, you know, I'd be willing to have someone convince me otherwise. But I, I think the truth is, the the time period we're in right now, the timeline we're in right now, where we have this giant package in MCC with all these games and all these updates consistently, I think the only way we get here is by going through what we went through in 2014. I, I don't think there's any other. I don't think there's any other path that leads to this, mm-hmm. um, because. If they had understood what they needed to do to make that game come out perfectly in 2014 they wouldn't have done it. It wouldn't have been worth the time and investment. now that now that they, they released that product into the wild, you know and it was it was broken as all get out and just not not polished, not finished, um, they had two options they could just leave it there to die and, and and leave it as a horrible mark on the Halo franchise or they could continue to build and iterate on it and fix it and they, they chose the, the the latter and I'm glad they did. And you know, so you're basically saying this has kind of been a blessing in disguise, having MCC. Yeah, I mean, I think I think in, at this moment in time, we're getting something unprecedented and amazing that we never could have got had we not. Ex- now, somebody could say, "Well, Brian, couldn't they have just, you know, taken more time and released MCC with all of the games and all the features working and all the skins right off the bat?" Well, I mean, is it humanly possible? Yes, but what kind of investment and development time would that have taken like I, I don't think it ever would have happened i mean it's clear it's clear by how long it took for mcc to be fixed that they were not expecting to put this much time into it it was not built to be this live service game like they have a team on mcc now i'm pretty sure there wasn't a plan to have this long-form team going forward in twenty. Yeah, you
1: think they were literally just planning on releasing it as it was, maybe potentially adding ODST, maybe reach, and that's it.
0: Yeah, more just, you know, what they shipped us was what those... Like, you those think the, the
1: seasons plans. and some of that stuff has been more...
0: All after the fact. They, they took a bad thing and said, how can we do something good with this? So, yeah, I think we should all be, you know, very happy and content with MCC. It's as now because
1: I feel like... Yeah. The, what you said is definitely food for thought, Brian. I mean, that's something to consider. I just go back to 2014 and i think if future josh was able to go back and talk to that josh and say 2020 doesn't matter i wouldn't be i wouldn't want to hear no no
0: now this should be now you know and yeah no and let me clarify i still don't think 2014 even though i don't think that uh there was malicious intent from 343 at all mm-hmm. i still don't think 2014's mcc is acceptable i don't think they get a pass on that no i just think that like I don't, I personally don't believe in like harboring resentment for the sake of it. So in 2020, I don't really see why there's there's no reason to be, in my personal opinion, there's no reason to be complaining or upset about MCC now. It's fair to be, it's fair to have the memory that yeah. you were pissed of them at them in 2014, and that that's still unacceptable. But like, I don't know why there's really no reason to be chastising them now over that. Like it's it's way. Oh, in the you're place.
1: right. I agree with you, you man. in general with gaming. I just. You gotta let stuff go eventually. We're not—I don't think we're going to talk about it on the show, guys. But you guys have seen that recent debate uh, pop up with the new face with Peter Parker and the Spider-Man PS4 to PS5 remaster, and that's got a lot of people divided. And regardless of how you feel about it, I think eventually it's going to become the kind of thing where, like, y- at least even if it takes years, you're going to be able to just let it go and not hold inside. Especially
0: if there's a Spider-Man two that uses that face from the get-go. Well,
1: I'm sure Miles Morales will have him in there.
0: Well, I mean like if they do a full Spider Man sequel, oh, sure. which they're going to. Yeah. You know he's gonna have the same face, so it's like, do even if you could get them to let you bring the first face back for remastered, you're still gonna have to deal with the new face for the entirety of the second. You know, they're not gonna build the second from the ground up with yeah, both I, faces. I
1: mean, we won't get into it. I don't I'm not as, as much of a fan of the the reasoning behind them doing that, but uh I'm not gonna hold that against Insomniac forever. I don't wanna hold it against 343 forever even though I don't like how MCC released and that will always bother me it's one of those things where I forgive, but I won't forget if that makes sense you know yeah so because it, it's not like like Brian like, Brian's, like it's you like said it doesn't matter
0: how good the game is now we wanted we would we would have been more happy just having the four Halo games working perfectly in 2014 like that's what we expected that's what we wanted yep. you know so
1: yeah I, I I don't forget because of how that launched and how just the experience was the time of just even waiting for things to get better. But I forgive them because of knowing uh, now what happened and, and just seeing how much care they put into it. They didn't have to go back. They could have just washed their hands clean of it and said, we are really sorry. Moving forward. We're going to do this stuff to right those wrongs. But no, they said we're going to do this too. That's pretty damn cool. The last thing I have to talk about with it um, that I wanted to bring up Brian and I, uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed 49 episodes uh, in, but we're not the biggest Forge. Uh, wow, well, I said just Forge. The there is a reason why I'm bringing that up. Forge. We're not a big... Uh, we're, not, we're not really Forge guys, but we know some of you in the community are. We know a lot of people who love that stuff. Something they mentioned was uh, that F- Halo 4's Forge was going to be getting a sort of Forge treatment. I've never heard of this. I'm sure a lot of you guys have. But uh, he said when Halo 4 launches on PC, it's going to come with a number of improvements and updates to Forge. Players will get to enjoy these improvements on PC as well as on Xbox. First, they're going to bring the toggle rotation axis feature. It's going to give Forgers more control, manipulating objects, all this type of new stuff. More importantly, though, um, he said they're going to be adding a number of objects to the canvas maps. Some are pulled from other multiplayer maps, while others are pulled from Campaign or Spartan Ops. Which, there's more to this. Again, if you guys want to check it out, go check that out. But I just thought that was interesting, like... Pulling some shit from campaign and Spartan Ops. I mean it's kinda of crazy. It, it is pretty cool in and, and Spartan Ops was wasn't it using recycled campaign stuff? Yeah, there there was Were there um, new
0: elements? There yeah, I don't know if you recall, but like there was uh there was at least one, if not several, uh new new areas for Spartan mm-hmm. Ops. Like actual okay. original. You know, yeah, I can't most of it was
1: when I played Spartan Ops guys for the first and only time I've done it, at first it was like the first two missions, I was like, this is cool. And then I realized I had like 37, 38 more to go. And I thought, ah, oh, well, I don't I know. know. <laughs> yeah, so it was, yeah, it was a bit of a chore for me. The, the story was worth it, though. But now this um, stuff is
0: unprecedented. You know, having developers go back to these old games and, and, and earth things and add new things like it's, yeah. it's really cool. I love it.
1: It is. Awesome. And, and they said Halo 4's flighting is beginning this month here in October. I think they've already rolled it out um, just this past weekend. So that's pretty cool. We are now down to Halo 4 being the last game that needs to come out on PC. You know, like that's pretty damn cool. And when did Reach? Was it was December, December 15th? I think. Isn't that freaking insane? We're almost we're almost back around. Yeah, we're almost back around. And now all this has come out on PC. It went for quick. me. For me. Yeah, it, do, it did. Because when I think about it, I feel like they came out in pretty quick succession. But I mean, I guess in a lot of ways, it, it when I look at it now, it seems like it's been a while.
0: Like been It's weird while. to think Reach has been a while. It's, it's weird to think it's been a year since Reach. Uh, well, I can't remember. I could easily look it up, but I'm guessing there was a, a, a pretty decent stopgap from when coronavirus started to, mm-hmm. you know, like they. I'm guessing there wasn't. It seemed that. like they
1: didn't let us slow them down, though, which is weird.
0: Here we are yeah, at Halo 4 know. in
1: less than a year. Freaking insane. Yeah. Um. The other thing was we had a community spotlight post that just went up yesterday, and at least two of our people in the community made it and that our is our people yes our people uh spiteful 117 at love spiteful one two five two great guy in the community uh you want to check him out again that's at spiteful one two five two he made it in there um tasha at ala nahimena i might be mispronounced that. i'm so sorry if i am but, very supportive people of sacred Eye yes and very supportive and if, and if any of you guys made made it in there and i didn't we didn't mention it Totally sorry. It's very easy for us to get confused between all the different usernames and stuff like that. Let us know which you we'll the next one. Absolutely, just like Brian said. But congratulations guys. That's so freaking cool. I hope one day we make it in there, but I'm so happy to see people in our community in there.
0: Oh man, Josh, I didn't I didn't tell you something. I um, I don't even know. I'll have to I'll have to think on this. I, I got something really cool to tell you, but I'm not sure if I should say it on the podcast. It's 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 a uh, oh, it's a little yeah. sizzle for the listeners though. Ooh, a little sizzle. Okay, uh, tell me. We, tell me. Uh, we, got, up we, the air. Got, we got something cool, though, even though we haven't been mentioned in the spotlight, we did get something cool that I I don't know why I didn't share with you immediately. I just heard about it last night. Oh, shit. Uh, it's not that big, but... Okay. All right. Well, you can tell me after
1: the show, and then we can yeah. always save it for the next episode.
0: Yeah. So. May, maybe. Maybe we'll talk about it. Maybe, maybe we won't. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. So.
1: All right. But that's cool. Yeah. And congratulations, guys. I love the community spotlight. such a neat feature. Uh, last thing before we move into our main topic at hand, just yesterday... Taco Bell put out a new commercial Just uh, advertising their Series X giveaway stuff, but there's a particular voice in there uh, that we're going to play that you guys might want to hear. So this is pretty cool.
0: Ever since I took a sip of my drink from Taco Bell and won the all-new Xbox Series X. Unimaginable powers at my fingertips. It might be too much for some. And it turns out I was
1: made for this. Why do you keep talking like that? Like what? Get a medium or large drink from Taco Bell, and you too can enter for a chance to win the all-new Xbox Series X. Wow, that's pretty damn neat. And I love you him, know dude. for you guys who haven't seen it yet, go check it out on YouTube because it shows Master Chief running around shooting shit.
0: Well, it's actually just a, a random gamer putting like, putting is. himself like, in the know, boots I mean, of Master I mean, Chief. You know,
1: it's it's Steve Downs talking like It's yeah. Master
0: Chief. But but at the end, you know, the guy voice that just. Like, they're kind of alluding to the guy, the gamer is, is trying to make his own Steve Downs voice. Yeah. You know. Pretty damn it's cool, a really cool thing.
1: Brian, uh I we're gonna I don't mean to be a downer here, but I'm just gonna say it, how much cooler would this have been had Halo Infinite been coming out
0: next month? What did I think here I was just about to say when I when I saw that I thought to myself I had Josh in my head. I heard Josh going. It's everything but the game, you know. Like that's what he said, what you said last podcast, and it's so true. Is like we're getting the marketing, we're getting Monster Can, Snapchat, action figures, like Mega Construct sets. Like it's all there, but there's no game. And you know what? What really, what really hurts, hurts me. Like it obviously sucks that the game's not coming. But if I knew, like, oh, but it's coming February seventeenth. I can wait. It's cool. This is awesome. But we have no prospects when that game's coming. They have told us nothing. And I'm not, I'm not faulting them for that. But, man, would it be easier to swallow if we knew when the game was coming. You know, there's just no – we have no idea.
1: I think that is the hardest pill to swallow with this entire ordeal now is not even knowing when in 2021 it's going to be coming out. You don't know if it's early, if it's mid, if it's late. Yep. Uh,
0: and, and all I, this marketing makes it feel – Okay, I'm just going to say what I think a lot of people have said. I'm just gonna say it out loud because I think sometimes that helps to you know cope with these things. Is like all the marketing and the commercials and stuff. It almost makes you feel like three four three is gonna go, got you guys. It's coming soon. Well, you it's gonna be here because like the, all the marketing. It's building up this this idea that oh well, there's no way they would they would put out marketing without the game coming out soon. It's probably coming out soon, right? But realistically these marketing deals were already made and there's no way to reverse them, you know? So it's, I gonna bring I mean, for up. all we know, it's coming out a year from now. It's just hard.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, you know, when I see all this shit, I'm thinking, why did they not just pull all this stuff, all the figures and everything and just but wait, can't. but you can't. And it sucks. It's I would really have understood really that
0: as a kid, as a kid, I would have been like, this is bull, this is bull crap. You know what I would have said <laughs> as a kid, I would have said, Pull all the guys off of the Mega Constructs and the Taco Bell ads and put them on the game. That's what I would have said.
1: You know, the it, only <laughs> experience I've ever had that's similar to this was back when Batman Returns came out. And a little behind the scenes info in the very early rough drafts, they were going to have Robin in it. When the toy line was coming out, you know, uh, they get that stuff going so early that when the toy line came out, they actually had a Robin figure that was part of the toy line. And I remember having him. And I remember thinking, where is he in the movie? And who I would. Who's the
0: actor? Uh, the
1: actor originally was going to be one of the Waynes brothers. I forget his name. That was originally who it was going to be, and
0: Dan Chris O'Donnell later.
1: Yeah, later on. But um, I remember going back in the movie and watching it and trying to think, like, convince myself as a kid that like Robin's in there. I just got to find him. He's the. He's on the figure packaging. He's in the game or he's in the he's movie. Gotta I just got to find him.
0: But who are that, you, Robin?
1: Yeah, that's the only time I've ever had something like that where I was really like perplexed and didn't understand. Yeah. So. Uh, I know, it, it's just weird. It's still so weird. But it, damn, is that commercial cool? And if Halo Infinite was about to come out in a month, that's Hyped. that for me would be the one thing where it really solidified. Like, damn, this game's coming out. Like, this is some game fuel type, excitement type level shit.
0: Now it's kind of just like, I can't, I don't know if I'm able to describe to you perfectly, but it's kind of like that um, Kevin Hart gif where he's like, Where he's kind of like
1: he's puts his his tongue in his mouth and he's like judgy, yeah, he's like judging
0: because it's like watching that Taco Bell commercial and like this game ain't coming though,
1: like yeah, you guys heard it and they're talking about they're advertising the Series X, but what are they using to advertise the Series X promotion? A game you can't even play on
0: it. (laughs) That's gosh damn, woo. But Man. we're not saying all this. We're not blaming three four three guys. You know, we're no, in the year of it. The, just
1: happened, and you know what? They delayed it for a reason, and I respect them for being able to make that call. That is the tough thing that had to we be.
0: We ended up finding out after the fact that they considered splitting the game up so the multiplayer didn't come out day one. And if that had happened, we would be far far more angry than we are. We're not even angry about the delay. We're just you know disappointed.
1: Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. No, I'm just disappointed. That's all. So, but it's well, it, but we would have be been
0: better, angry if they launched without multiplayer.
1: Yes, especially
0: Josh, but me too. Yeah,
1: no, absolutely. But that's that's pretty much it. That's pretty damn cool, though. Uh, I wonder what else we might see now. Because I didn't see that coming. I figures I I expect now. We know the shadows of reach is coming, but damn, I did not expect the Taco Bell commercial advertising that. That just made it so much more real. I don't know how to explain. It made it. It made it's almost like a sticking a a, putting a stick to a a sore wound, an open wound, like. Hey, remember that game
0: that's not wonder, coming out? That got delayed. <laughs> watch them announce like a, a Halo movie, like with like some big director. Yeah, like it was supposed to be part of the marketing plan. Like Peter Jack. coming twenty twenty three, the Halo film. You know, you know what's crazy, dude? Back at Gears of War 4's launch, Rod Ferguson announced the Gears of War movie. It never. Oh, came. turd it Ferguson. He never, never came out. Wow. Yeah. I don't even know if it's still a thing. I don't. I don't know. It never came out. Gears. Yeah. Gears. Gears of of Halo announced has stuff. such a
1: strange history of trying <laughs> yeah. to get movies made, man. But. Anyway, Brian, take us into our main topic, buddy. What are we talking about again? Refresh my memory.
0: Everybody loves Halo Combat Evolved. It is, and, and replaying it again just solidifies to me how it's always going to be a classic. It is one of my favorite games of all time. If you look at my GG uh, li- uh, app list, we've talked about it in the, in the past. It's a, it's a place you can go and make your own like list of your favorite games and backlog your games. It's like social media uh, for video games. Yeah, on the GG app, I uh, my my top two games of all time. Number one, is Halo Two, and number two is Halo Combat Evolved, and I definitely still feel that way playing it now. I was telling Josh this morning that uh, you know I was I've been playing stuff like Doom and Mario recently, so I wasn't in the mood to play the Playcast this morning. But the second we booted up Halo Combat Evolved and we were in the game in gameplay, I'm like, oh, jeez, I love this game. Oh, this game feels so good. I love it. But uh, yeah, so. We're just going to kind of reflect on Halo Combat Evolved and now that it's really fresh in our memories from playing through the Playcast. If you guys want to watch us play through the entirety of the game, all those episodes are up there on YouTube. If you're listening to this podcast really early, uh, you might not be able to see the last episode or two, but they'll be there shortly.
1: Yeah, and I want to Um, mention too before Brian uh, carries us into it that if you guys are listening to this and you're thinking, wow, I haven't really watched the Playcast, uh, maybe you don't want to check out this episode as much. No, you you don't have to go watch that stuff. Yeah. Much we we're just to, talking it's about re- the game. It's not required. We're just kind of getting reminiscent and and waxing on just because Halo Combat Evolved in general and our experience there. That's all.
0: Yeah, yeah, that doesn't doesn't. It's not required at all. Just we're just gonna talk about Halo Combat Evolved. But um, I don't know, Josh. So we played the entire game in the original graphics. We never once. I think Josh accidentally switched. Once I did. For a few I switched games. on keys. It didn't show up on mine. No, so it, it won't. If you watch the playcast, you would never see anniversary graphics, because that's just how Josh and I prefer to play the game. Um, we don't have any uh, hate on the anniversary. We think it was... We, we know hard work was put there, and we're, we're glad it exists, and some people prefer to play that way, but for Josh and I, uh, it just seemed more faithful with the original graphics. The uh, anniversary went for kind of trying to marry the aesthetic and look to Halo Reach, which is not how the original looked, so... Kind of on the same page there. But Josh, so first mission, Pillar of Autumn. What do you think about it in retrospect? You know, we start off in the in the hutch casket. We have no weapon. <laughs> and then we get to Captain Keys. He hands us a weapon that's not loaded. And then we miraculously pick up ammo that's not even there on the floor.
1: I have not played uh, Halo co-op with Brian in a while. Because to Brian's credit... I'm always if we're available to play Halo, I say let's play multiplayer, and Brian says okay. I'm
0: like Josh, can we play campaign, please, yeah. please, and he's like, uh, no. What I'm like, oh dear,
1: Lord. oh please. <laughs> There's always a little part of him that's bummed, and uh, so we finally went back into this after a long time. I did not realize Brian was going to be quite the betrayer. Brian turned out to betray me at every chance he could get. If my back Good was fun. turned to Brian and I was within mailing distance, I was going down. I and wanted to
0: relive my childhood days of, like, me and my brother betraying each other, so I just him. <laughs> Did you get to do it? Do you feel like you succeeded in that? I, it, feels, it feels great. You asshole. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: no, it was fun. Um, you know, you mentioned the anniversary graphics. Uh, the, when I played, uh, my first experience with the anniversary graphics guys was when we, when Brian and I played Combat Evolved on MCC Launch Night. And I can't remember now if I, like, switched back and forth a lot. I think I did. Because I, I don't think did. I wanted to stay through just on one, having not ever experienced the other before. But, yeah, I don't drive with it as much, but it's still cool. And uh, But it, it was fun to just go back to OG Halo and play through it that way. It felt more relaxed in that way, just sticking with one. Mm-hmm. And, uh, no, it was fun. It was fun playing through that first level because it's like, I don't know. I had not played Halo co-op with Brian in so long. I just didn't know what kind of like shenanigans it was going to it was going to be, I mean, we'll we'll probably talk about it more as we kind of go along. But the biggest takeaway I kind of had overall from this entire experience was that if you guys notice, if you guys have watched this in the first couple episodes, we we're really just focused talking about halo. And then as time goes on we start kind of like talking about other things and start moving into other subjects. Yeah. And it was just really fun. Cause you know, we, we just, you know, some of the stuff we want to talk about, cause we're just, it's just like when we record a podcast There's some topics we want to cover. And then there's other ones that we just naturally come up with on the fly. And, we didn't really know what we were gonna talk about or necessarily do, and it was just a lot of fun to kind of figure that out as we went along.
0: It just kinda of showed that Halo Co-op is a really good water cooler type game to just kick back and just chat about with anything. Up
1: you know? to about three four through Guilty Spark, it's a pretty relaxing and fun experience,
0: you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> then it's yeah. like what the hell's going on now? I gotta pay attention. So Yeah. But I think <laughs> I think one thing too I noticed throughout the campaign that because since we recorded this mm-hmm. footage I had a timer up, and it, and it it was crazy to me to realize, you know, I feel like the majority of the missions take about 20 to 30 minutes to play, and there's a couple missions that take like an hour, uh, almost an hour. Now, it depends on the difficulty you were playing on, and, you know, if you're playing solo or co-op or if you're goofing off or if you're really trying, but, you know, uh, the first mission was about 20 minutes straight uh, to get through. It's one of the shorter ones for sure. And uh, I'll just echo something that people say all the time is that, you know, Halo Combat Evolved it was kind of genius how they open you up with this level that really just kind of feels like all the other first-person shooters. You know, very simplistic. You're on some space station or ship, and you're going through corridor hallways fighting aliens. I mean, it really wasn't anything phenomenal at the time. Uh, of course, the controls for the console was phenomenal, but as far it was as was without doing, saying, yeah, yeah, and, and it, you kind of, it's weird to think about too. There's no jackals on the ship. Like, you don't fight jackals at all in that. Minute. No, it is just
1: elites and, and grunts. Yeah, and no I, uh, are, I don't think
0: there's there's no hunters either, so it's just elites and grunts. You know? So
1: many of them up with those damn grenades at the end. Remember, right. I was like, I got I got to that them. part where there's all the grenades, the frag pickups, and I was like, bang,
0: bang, yeah. bang. He's
1: <laughs> just chucking that shit. Yeah, that was
0: fun. It's, just, it's a great it's a great intro mission. But I think I think it added to the game to you know to when you get to that second level. That's when people go, oh wow, this is something different. This is mm-hmm. not the same. Um, so, uh, other than that, I, I don't really have much more to say on the first mission. I'm not trying to be analytical and go through every little detail, but Josh, you have anything to add to that before we get right into the second you know, mission?
1: just that, you know, I'll, I'll echo kind of what Brian said. I mean, I, dude, I agree. I think I think it's fun to look back. I mean, thinking at how linear that level kind of is in its structure, not knowing you're going to be going into this, you know, kind of like open world for the time kind of feel for the second level. Like, it's just going to open things up. And it's good in hindsight, right? Because, I mean, I think we can all agree it was a nice way of holding our hand into that, you know, and it was a nice way of just introducing us to the mechanics and just jumping us into the story without too much exposition, so we're not getting like bored. We go in and it makes us curious. It makes us want to know more. We want to know where were our escape pods going to, and we get there with the level Halo.
0: Yeah, we get to Halo, and you know, I think throughout this, you know, us kind of assessing this, I'll, I'll mention a few things that I feel like Bungie was kind of trying ideas out because this is their first effort in this world. And then things they didn't really do later on, like, you know, like having elites and grunts being the only thing you fight. I mean, if you look back at it now, it kind of, I could almost see like an internal plan at, at Bungie that was like, here's how we're going to introduce enemies. You know, Jackals don't come to the second mission. Hunters don't come till the third mission. You know, Flood doesn't come till this point.
1: That's a good Sentinel. point, man. Actually, because I only always look at it as just the Flood. Like, I always just think the Covenant's there from the beginning and first half of the they game. They kind of dole enemies story. out. But- They dole them out. Yeah. Hot damn. I did not realize that until
0: right now. I mean, and then you have like, oh, we're going to have Banshees. That's, you know, even though that's the same enemy, it's like, we're going to introduce Banshees in the second mission. We're not going to introduce Wraiths until, what is that, the fourth or fifth mission? Uh, I don't Mm. think, I think it's assault assault in the control room. Yeah. I think it is. Wraith. Yeah. So they're really doling out enemies, you know. I know that. In some regards, that happens in the other Halo games, but I feel like it's very much more purposefully done in Halo. Games. Oh,
1: and this was the first one too, so all the more it yeah. sets the tone. I mean,
0: makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so first thing I think about when I get on the the mission Halo, the second mission is, you know, we always talk about how open it was, and on one hand, I love that even today it still feels open to me. I still get that feeling. Even though we know that if we could like go overhead and look down at the map, what you really have here is a straightforward path to an area and then a straightforward path to another area and then a little tiny hub that's got three places you can go and, and find Marines. I mean, it's very straightforward, really. There, there's not much um, open there, but it just feels so open. And like when we and Josh started that mission on the Playcast, we ran over to the waterfall because there's this waterfall with rocks that is way off in the distance that there's no purpose to be there, but you can go there, and that was just so interesting for for that time. That's
1: our that's our Waterfang Gorge now.
0: <laughs> that's our that's the that's the pre Waterfang Gorge. Yeah, build up. You
1: know, Brian, how Taraz like in some of his videos has talked about how he has like the memories of Halo stuff, where he's got like not just memories on certain maps, but in specific areas.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When there's that part after you cross the sort of bridge in the beginning, there's the Banshees that come overhead. You move through the trees. You fight the Covenant there. Up ahead, there's that little, like, wedge, and you kind of drop down Yeah. that takes you into that area where there's the forerunner structure. Right before you drop down, I have so many, I don't know why, I have this, dis- like, so many distinct memories of just thinking there. Like, I guess for me, that's the moment where I'm like, this campaign is really kicking in. Because mm-hmm. as soon as you go into that structure, that's where the game, it does feel open when you land, but then that's where it's, like, really spacious. You see this big structure. Yeah. You fight off Warthog this covenant in different ways, the Warthog, and then you go down and you actually hear this is not a... I always forget natural that. Form, this cave is, the cave is not a natural formation. cave is not a natural formation, yeah. And then everything, the rest of the game just takes off. I don't know. It's something about that area that I've just always loved. That's so weird. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird
0: how the game continues to... Bungie is so smart in how they use the tools available to them. I think that's something they've done well even to this day with Destiny. They, they find ways to use things either over and over again or use them in different ways. Because um, even when I play Combat Evolved today, when I land on Halo, I'm like, I still feel like I'm ready to play this big open mission. But like I said, really, what you're doing is, like, I know that it has the look of openness because of the skybox and the 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 field illusions, Michael. Yeah, yeah, illusions. But really, you're just running straight. It's pretty much straightforward all the way to the end of the mission, and then there's a hub. You have this little open hub, and three little like. Valleys you can go into that have marines to save, and you can approach them in any way you want, any mm-hmm. any three. And then once you save the third one, the mission's over. I mean, that's it. We still got lost though. I think I was the one driving the
1: warthog. It's easy to. Yeah. It's so easy to get lost. I remember. I remember. Freaking was a Cortana or Foahammer put up a damn waypoint because they were like, "You guys clearly need help." Yeah, like
0: Cortana's you know, like, oh, like, "You guys I'm are back. idiots." Yeah, yeah. Really but funny. it's like if you break it down to its brass tacks, it, it's it sounds really uninteresting. It's like, oh, this is the mission where you, you go and find three groups of Marines. Like, that's all the mission is, really. Yeah. But it's so much more than that in practice.
1: On paper, it doesn't sound too exciting. Yeah. But I think, I, I think even when you take away... The, like, the novelty's not there for me anymore, of it being this big, open, spacious thing. It's always this nostalgic feeling of my first experience of that. But it's that whole like, newness factor doesn't have its lasting power. It's only through the nostalgia I feel it. So I still have fun playing through that level because of that because of the structure of it's like it is still linear in the sense of what you have to do for story progression but and how you want to tackle it they give you some player agency there and that's pretty damn cool and still kind of unprecedented for that time like that's pretty interesting like you you pretty much said it well already but uh i love that stuff i love being able to go to the marines i mean when you're playing through pillar of autumn everyone's just dying you know and i mean this is when you really get to like stand around and just listen to some of those Marines chatter. This is when you really get to see Sergeant Johnson. Well,
0: it just goes to goes to you know what we've said many times in the podcast before. is just how how important the Marines were in Bungie's games, mm-hmm. and like you look at something like Halo Five. I mean, I I know there is a Marine in there, but like I, to me, it almost seems like there's not. Like I don't even remember a Marine in Halo Five. It's just like Spartans everywhere. Everything's high stakes. Whereas like you know. Just like you just playing a, one of the original Bungie Halos with Marines around, it's just like, what was that one line where he's like, kicking ass in outer space, thinking of you, Sarge? And like, Sarge is like, I heard that, you know, like <laughs> yeah. that stuff just is it just it paints to just a different picture, sure. you know, where Halo 4 and 5 games we also love feel very out there, sci fi, really high concept. Mm-hmm. Bungie's games had this way of feeling like. We know this is the future, and we know there's stuff like aliens and Mjolnir armor, but really, our Marines and our characters are kind of just acting like your buddies in today's world. And yeah, they
1: cool. did a really good job of making it feel grounded. I mean, I've always loved that those graphics, the way the character banter was with the Marines, and just sort of how interesting some of the dynamics can go with them. Whether you, they're dying, you're accidentally running over them, they're screaming or they're they're saying stuff as they mow down grunts on the, the Warthog turret. It's pretty damn fun. Uh, still to this day. I mean that that blew me away back in two thousand one. I just never had an experience like that. I don't think I played a whole a lot of a whole uh, whole lot of games that really gave you these AI companions. I don't think I had that experience. Well,
0: it's it's cool how they actually like most games that have like AIs that run around and, and you can choose to make sure they don't die. There's not much of a reward there usually. Like maybe most games, I feel like the reward is they'll help you kill enemies. But the reward for the marines is so high because they offer you really funny, unique dialogue. Like that's a huge gift for being for keeping them alive.
1: I mean, when you know, when when it comes down to it, for me, when I think about it, all this time I talk about how much I love the bungee humor and all that. It started in that level. It wasn't in Pillar Bottom. It really kicks off in Halo.
0: A little little bit in the cutscene with Johnson in the first mission. Sure,
1: but I mean that's really about it, you know, because Pillar of Autumn seems very much like, go, go, go! Like, you don't know what's going on, you're just trying to basically stay alive and get off the ship, and then you get to the level Halo, and then the story kind of like it does open up, but it also kind of like slows down and breathes and lets you sort of like, learn a bit. And you're still learning as you play through the entire campaign, but I love that though. I I love how it flows. And uh... I'm wondering, Brian. You know, when we were playing it, and I mentioned how robotic, you know, Cortana kind of sounds in this. This is kind of the first time, I guess, we both realized that, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, when we say robotic, we have said before like robotic isn't the right word because she doesn't sound literally sound robotic at all. But in the first game, Cortana is very much just there to deal information and speak very. uh She's very forward and right to the point as to what's going on. So she's more of like. I mean I think the her conceptually she was I think she's supposed to be a guide for the player and that's what she acts like. That's most. what she by is. The time you when, get when you to see Halo her cutscene, she's
1: she's definitely has her personality and her flavor. The Cortana we know that's she's there. But like it's very when you like Brian said, she's a guide in the gameplay.
0: By the it's time not you bad. Get to Halo Three, she's very much more this emotional character. I mean, she was. And two, there was more banter as well. But like it built up. Three really kind of peaked peaked yeah. there. You know? And then of course you go into four, where it's a whole different thing. But absolutely, uh, Josh, you want to go on to uh, truth and reconciliation? reconciliation uh, my first I- thought there with Truth and Reconciliation is kind of going back to like Bungie trying out all these ideas and seeing what worked is they tried to kind of go for a, a little bit of a stealth mission thing on this on this level with uh, you being able to have night vision on your sniper and being ap- able to actually kill enemies without them knowing of your presence. Like if you do it right you can snipe enemies and have the other enemies around not be alerted. You can take them all out stealth but Even if you manage to pull that off, like, this concept never really returns to Halo ever again. Even in Halo 1, Combat Evolved, or the other Halos. Like, it just kind of... That's it. What do you mean?
1: The stealth aspect? The stealth aspect. Well, we get it in reach.
0: Uh... Well, does it work stealth? Does stealth work in that? I can't can't remember now. I don't know (laughs) if I actually know that. I mean, for the most part, it it never really took off. I know what you're
1: trying to say, though. I know know what what you're trying to say.
0: So, I mean, did you do you enjoy that, or is it more just like? Hell
1: yeah, I enjoy that. I think it's awesome. Like, it's weird to think that, like, the first level being what it is is that introduction. The second level is like the game opens up and you're on this like planet. You don't know what you know. You don't know what you're on. Covenant don't even know what they're on, but you guys are still fighting a battle. And then the third mission's like. Okay, now we're going to do stealth. Like, first mission's like linear level, just learn how to play the game. Second level's like open it up, give you some player agency, do what you tackle this how you want. The third mission's like, now we're going to go incognito and we're going to stealth our way around. All these different types of mechanics, and like you said, Keeping enemies fresh. constantly like hidden refresh and shit. It's amazing. It's amazing to think about. I didn't even realize that through the playcast, but that's fun to think about. Damn, that game is brilliant.
0: Yeah, I feel like I feel like in, you know you, you're playing through that mission and it feels feels like you pretty much know how that mission's going to go. You're you're going you're in the dark and you're going from one area to the next killing Covenant and then suddenly wait a minute, they introduce Hunters for the first time. You take those out and then you get to board the ship. And I feel like in 2001, obviously I played the game for the first time in 2005 is when I played Halo 1 for the first time, which is crazy to think about. <laughs> um, but when I played it, I was still kind of in awe yeah. that you were able to in I'm I'm putting up quotations cuz it's not technically true but you can kind of in gameplay you get to you get to board a covenant ship like you get to go underneath the thing that summons you up the ship and then once you get there it goes to a cutscene and you watch chief go up and then the next part of the mission is you're fighting in the ship and there's these now now there's another thing we talked about them introducing new enemies you know and then introducing new vehicles and stuff that well, they introduced um invisible elites with energy swords. <laughs> we had some trouble with those boys didn't we i think everybody did i mean and that's yeah. just kind of like this once again introducing new concepts over and over again because well, do- you
1: see the wraiths on this level when you're in the ship but you but can't you don't do anything to, with yeah, them but it's like exactly. you know every time i play through it i almost forget they're there because they're not usable i'm not thinking about the environment as much but they're there you know it's just we don't really get to see them in action until later on that's so damn cool i mean just the way, like you said, you funnel through the mission, and there's this whole stealth aspect. They give you so much ammo. I mean, we noticed that. We mentioned that so much ammo in that sniper rifle. And you can just have fun with kudos it. to Bungie for doing that because they realize, like, if we want you to do the stealth stuff, it's not really going to work if you're only given the typical amount of ammo. Yeah. It's going to take. It's going to make it. It's going to make that fun factor wear off very quickly. So they give us a shit ton of sniper ammo, which you can almost use at least until you get up into the ship. You know, if not, maybe a little into it, depending on how well you play. And like Brian said, navigating through all that, you know, you have the stealth, uh, which is like the first half of that. Then you have the second half, which is trying to rescue all the Marines and everything that go up. And I love when they go up because if there's actually something that you've still managed to keep alive and they go up, they always look like they're in their pants. Like they're like, whoa, you know, and then but Chief's just like he's almost like man cannoning up in that thing. Just like I quiet. think Lighter. Yeah, Buzz Lightyear, that's perfect. Yeah. To infinity and beyond. Yep. Now I want to play Buzz Lightyear 2. Or
0: you always want Toy to play Story Boy 2, Buzz
1: yeah. Lightyear to the rescue. I wish there was a Toy Story 2, Buzz Lightyear to the rescue 2.
0: I mean, Maybe. that's a better, better game than Brute Force, for being honest.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd agree with that because I love wrong. that
0: what, game. What about a Brute Force? What if a DLC came out for Brute Force on Xbox original today where another member of the squad was Buzz Lightyear? <laughs> I
1: play it. You know, guys, we've always—I talked before about how I've always, back in the day, thought for some reason, Brute Force was the next sequel to Halo. Well, imagine my surprise when Chief at the end is like, "I think we're just getting started." And I boot up Brute Force. I'm like, "Where the fuck is Chief at? <laughs> I thought we were just getting started. <laughs> like, who are these guys? Where's Keys? Where, where's uh, Where's Where's uh, Where's Cortana at? Where's Where's the Flood?
0: Where's the Which company? game sounds more fun to you, Josh? Brute Lightyear. Or Buzz Force,
1: definitely Buzz Force. Right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I'd play
1: the shit out of Buzz Force. That seems That's like the, the kind of game that would come on a compact disc. Um, if you get like five boxes of Cheerios and you mail it in, remember those back in the day? That was yeah. fun to do. Remember yeah. Chex Quest? That's like the greatest Doom game. That's not an actual Doom game.
0: Kind of, kind of zooming ahead here, Josh. Once yeah. you navigate through the ship, you eventually find keys locked up in a in a covenant prison cell. And something I mentioned in the playcast, kind of funny, is like, you know the first way you discover what Halo is is like, Keyes is like, I heard them talking outside my prison cell. Apparently it's called Halo. And then Cortana comes over. She's like, Halo, oh, it's, a, it's a weapon. You know, we got to make sure it's a weapon. We got to make sure the covenant don't get, you know, don't get it. And I'm pretty sure I remember in a, some kind of developer commentary and whatnot, them saying that there was going to be a, a much bigger, uh, grandiose way of introducing what Halo was. But due to development time, it was just like, no, nah, Keys is just going to talk
1: about yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, you know, Knowing that doesn't change how I feel, I guess, because I—it's still awesome. My first experience of learning through that was the way they designed it in the game, so I'm, I'm still none the wiser in that sense yep. for what they had planned. Exactly. And I love it. I love how he's got his hands clasped behind the back, and it—it's funny how static their movements are. Yet when I played that as a kid, and even today, I'm just like, I don't care, man. I loved how they you moved. Know?
0: Another issue, another thing that Bungie tried and never tried, never did again, which I'm glad they didn't, was mm-hmm. the keys. It's an escort mission. You have to escort keys, and he can die. And if he dies, you lose and have to. I'm gonna to restart. be honest with
1: you. I don't give a shit about keys when I'm playing that game. I'm just focused on killing them. Damn. It bugs. doesn't matter though, because yeah. if,
0: if you don't, if he dies, then you have to restart. So you have it's to okay. kind of care about. Him. I mean, I don't, <laughs> but, but I know. What well, you're I saying. guess Josh restarts a lot. I know. Yeah. Nah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty good at what I'm... And he just runs in the middle of battle, takes needles to the chest, and he flies, and then the music's like, Hoo-hoo! it makes it like this horror music, and you have to restart, you know? So, <laughs> uh, and then Keyes, it's funny too. Keyes we didn't mention it's out it, of there. We didn't
1: mention it um, earlier, but like, you know, like Brian's just saying, keys can die. Sergeant Johnson on the mission Halo is vulnerable. You know, he can die, he can be killed. It's weird and to think it about. It doesn't
0: restart the mission for him. Yeah, they, it
1: know, does No, important. it doesn't, but it's just the fact that you can kill these iconic characters that are, it, it's... Yeah. It gave me play urgency. It's fun. If I want to kill keys, even though I'm going to have to restart, I can be like, I freaking hate this guy so much. Yeah. He gave me this pistol. He started me down this bad path, this journey that we're on. As
0: he's you going, melee wow. keys, he's like,
1: you're a leather
0: <laughs> I just always think it's funny when he says leather you're like, I, don't I told you, I thought you, I did keep this one loaded. <laughs> I don't know why. He's like, I don't keep it loaded, but there's a magnum you can't see in the hallway to the left a <laughs> uh, uh, fun
1: level though very fun level what's the next one yeah man?
0: silent cartographer my personal favorite mission in this game if not all of halo i think everyone loves Silent it's
1: hard to not like this level man wow this is the fourth level uh i just had to say to me it's like it's where the game hits that middle ground like when it starts to get into the like end of the first act into the sort of second act of the game it's where the levels start to get a lot longer
0: this makes it sound bad, but to me, Silent Cartographer is where the game peaks. It's the highest moment of the game, you know. It, 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 like, in one sense, that does mean it goes downhill afterwards. But the downhill is not bad at all. It's it's a really good downhill. Like, it's a purposeful, intentful down downhill. Mm-hmm. Um, Silent Cartographer. It's another one of those things where it's like there's really several different ways you can approach it. Like, when you start, the idea is for you to run up the beach with the Marines, take out the enemies, and then. Full hammer drops off a warthog and you you, drive, you continue to drive around. But I've actually, I don't know if you've ever done this, Josh. When you start that mission, just go left. Just completely blow off all the enemies and blow off the Marines and just that. go left. Mm-hmm. You can go left and progress the mission that way. It's, it's not as fun that way. Um, you can also, as you all know, when you get to that door that you're trying to get to, uh, it gets locked and there's an elite behind it. And then you have to leave and go unlock the door. Well, you can just blow right by that. And not even have to deal with the cutscene of him locking you out and go make sure that it's unlocked when you get there, anyways. What did we do? We stretched,
1: we unintentionally stretched this damn mission out. Big time. For what felt like, if this mission is like 45 minutes, it felt like we made it two hours. Like, we decided to drive our warthogs everywhere. This is where Brian started to kill me a lot. I low key got annoyed. And we had a lot of fun doing it.
0: Well, this is where this was our most iconic moment of the playcast is when we were trying to wedge that warthog all the way down Silent Cartographer. Yeah. And we ended up getting it you know, super far down. And I was just, I was goofy and I was laughing hysterically. And Josh was making the jittering sound. Cause if Master Chief's caught in the door, he's shaking around and Josh is making a sound and I can't hardly breathe. I'm laughing so hard. <laughs>
1: Chase, yeah. There's a particular moment where we literally fit it down that one door. That's got the winding path. And I try to hop on the warthog right before then. And it helps me on the the driver or I'm sorry, the, the gunner seat. And Brian's like, no, 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 try to hop in the driver. And I'm trying to hop in it. And I jump, and as I right as I get in, it starts to like slack over and I drive I just drive straight and the damn thing tilts the whole way and I'm like Tony Hawk grinding my way around this. It was bend. amazing. Brian is losing it. I'm losing I'm just it. It's like, holy yeah. shit. This <laughs> is hilarious. <laughs> it was so uh, funny. And we never could I don't think we got it past that door down there at the end. But boy, we tried, but our Spartans got the shivers and shakes because of it.
0: <laughs> it was so much fun. <laughs> it was a whole
1: of course, lot of fun playing that game. Or no, playing I mean, that like level, to,
0: I mean. To kind of break it down again, like you just Break it it's down. Cool. You get way down there and you basically just hit a switch and then you got to make your way back up. And it's kind of confusing. Very easy to get lost. You make your way all the way back up and then you, once you get out there, you kill all the enemies up top and then you get back in the pelican.
1: Yeah, the actual, I guess, plot or the 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 story beats of that mission, I just, you know, yeah. I've never cared for. But it's just so much damn fun to play. It's just a really
0: well-designed mission. Yeah, yeah.
1: it's a whole lot of fun. I mean, you get a... You know, here's the thing, when you play with the warthog on Halo, it's fun, but the areas you get to sort of drive around in are very cramped. There's a lot of like rocks and stones and everything. Well, in this one, it's a little bit more open. There's still some of that, but you can you can really drive around on some of those beachfronts. Plus, it's just fun in general, like seeing how invulnerable those warthogs are and you drive we you can drive right out, out into the, the ocean. water. Yeah, we got we got some we got some sun, didn't we? Our Spartans got a little bit of tanny tans.
0: Yeah, you could give you the extra strength tanning for the meal you, you
1: Now <laughs> no, it was uh, cool though. I mean, we tried to go off, I think, every damn cliff. I remember there's one part we're going up this damn cliff area and there's some covenant up top. And as I'm starting to get up there, on your screen, mm-hmm. I see you whip the war, or I'm sorry, the rocket launcher out and blast me. And I was like, oh my god. <laughs> and
0: you go flying through there and you're like, ah
1: And then I do make it up there. Brian's trying to go up too. And then I remember I end up accidentally rooming off way too far and I hop out and I'm like, fuck and my Spartan dies like midair. And then I end up my body lands and I get crushed underneath that warthog. It sucked. <laughs> it I mean, sucked, too. but in the most fun way. got yeah. a lot of fun on that mission. It was probably one of my probably one of my favorite experiences playing yeah. through this with you so
0: far. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that mission. It, it never gets old for me. Uh, the next mission is also a fan favorite. It's it's probably the, the the next mission, Assault in the Control Room, is probably the mission. Assault the nuts, mission Brian. Is, What's that? Assault these nuts. Ugh, there it is, guys. Yuck. Um, <laughs> disgusting. Um, if there's any mission that gets that gets mentioned, uh, that gives like Silent Cartographer a run for its money, it's Assault in the Control Room. People really love this mission. I think it's worthy of that praise. Though I will say, replaying it now, it's it's. That's the first mission in the game where I experienced some frustration with the level design because there is so much repeating the same rooms and same hallways. Okay. I mean, it's it's insane how much they do it there. Uh, it, I don't feel it, those yeah. effects
1: until two betrayals, but you're right. It really starts right there.
0: Well, the thing is, that's what makes it worse when we get to two betrayals. is not You've only already you
1: experienced re- it, yeah.
0: You've experienced the yeah, repetition. Not now you're already. repeating it again in, in another mission that's the same level. It's just crazy, but... I mean, the, the things that really stick out to me in Assault in the Control Room are the big, open, snowy environments with the vehicles. Your first introduction to the Wraith, which you mm-hmm. cannot hijack and you can't use, which is crazy. You know, ghosts are in that mission, and the ghosts don't have, like, the, the propelling feature that later games have. Yeah. <laughs> uh
1: Vehicle, but, the boy, tank the, shows up. The, the sensitivity is so well, so sensitive on those vehicles that mm-hmm. they don't even need to have the boost because if they just tap into you, you're going,
0: yeah. You know, the scorpion tank shows up in this mission for the first time, and you you can have you can shoot and you can shoot both the missiles and the the gun. You know, which later games they had are separate. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just all the big open outside areas are really fun. Um, assaulting the control room eventually gets to where you kind of come outside and you're on that like almost like bridge. It's like a land bridge. Yeah, not like
1: you know, and and it reminds that reminds me of that's where I feel like they got they borrowed. Uh, narrow's map from whoever was i think chris carney and everyone was like when they're trying to make this new map they're like they took a look at that and took inspiration from it because it literally has that bridge the type of bridge with the stairs that go down you can shoot the glass and shit
0: oh you're thinking i kind of skipped past that i was thinking of okay yeah so there's there are those outside bridge areas but i'm talking about once you're getting close to the end of the mission Mm -hmm. and there's that like snowy bridge that has that elite trying to get in the banshee and you got to beat him to it oh yes yes which yeah. I, I kept dying and eventually we beat, <laughs> yeah. I beat him to it. I got the Banshee, and then you're kind of in this big area, which I'm sure most of you probably already know this, but like the final mission of Halo Three, it's the same design area as this this area I'm talking about. There, there's like the big like you know in Halo Three? There's that you know you're going up that kind of tower and Sergeant Johnson is shooting with the Spartan laser yeah. at enemies. It's that same kind of structure in this mission, and you go oh, up to okay. the top of that.
1: I was thinking of the Warthog those, run. I was like, that's not right.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. But yeah, I know
1: it's just not And right.
0: then you get to the top of that structure, and you open those huge doors, and there's like a ton of enemies in there. ton of enemies in those huge doors. And you walk through all those, and you eventually get to our first control room that you ever see in a Halo game. It's huge. Yeah, I think we had it's a gigantic. Kind of a
1: weird, weird early moment of nostalgia coming off the infinite trailer, just thinking about yeah, how much exactly. that moment is gonna be ingrained with us because that's where it starts and
0: now we're we're gonna eventually see that and have that this is kinda of where experience kind of where it. Josh says like and I think I felt the same way as a kid Josh said it though is you put Cortana into the console and she's like big Cortana and she's like, Oh no, he doesn't know what's there. Run, you gotta go, run, get out of here and Chief's like, What what the Oh okay, shit. And he runs. <laughs> and like Josh said like he kinda of thought maybe Cortana was evil then or going bad. But really, she's just like, she's just big and freaky looking, and she's she's telling Chief to hurry. Um, so I, ultimately, Josh, for Assault in the Control Room, do you think this this deserves to be known as one of the best missions in Halo? Yeah,
1: I was going to say, I mean, as an adult, I understand what she's saying, uh, but young me was so confused. I was like, why is she getting so angry? I was like, calm down. Calm down, Cortana. Calm like, down, baby. Yeah, I was like, why are you getting so fired up? Hang on, honey. Just explain to me what's going on, you know? Like... It's, it's fun, though. It's it's fun because it's where... This is the mission where it starts to take a slightly darker tone, a shift in the game's mm-hmm. tone. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's really in a lot of ways, like, we're going to get to 343 Guilty Spark in a minute, but, like, these are really the last two levels where you start to really get to do stuff with Marines. And this is the last time I remember having fun with Marines because when I get to 343, it's just horror. <laughs> you know, trying Total to keep shift. them alive. Yeah. But my favorite part of this playthrough, Brian, uh, for Assault on the Control Room... Was early on when you had perched up high. Uh, was the wraith that was shooting at us, and we were like, "Well, let's go try to jump up there. We've never tried to do it. Let's go do it." Oh, that. And was we were wild. trying to jump yeah. up, and I think I managed to like, I managed to get up there, yeah, and managed to kill it and shit. No, oh, that was a lot of fun. And then
0: man. you took him out, and you came running back with that rocket launcher on your shoulder, like mission complete. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Where are you uh, going, Josh?
0: Yeah, but then the next mission this is Roger Josh's favorite mission. mission.
1: Yes, yes. What mission is oh, that, again, Ryan? Three
0: four three guilty spark. Oh! Um, and once again, like kind of like to reference what I said earlier, talking about how long it takes to complete a level, let's pretend that you have the difficulty let's say the difficulty set to normal or something. You're, you're not gonna die at all. Three four, three guilty spark it lands you in this outside swampy area that has virtually no enemies. I think you get to kill a couple grunts in there. Virtually no enemies and there's some jackals too. and you you kind of go to this structure and you enter the structure and you go down this huge elevator. And there's there's some enemies, but there's not a whole lot of enemies. There's there's not much fighting that, that happens all the way down till you get to the iconic Jenkins cutscene that we love so much. And uh, the you know, Chief Iconic cutscene. Yeah. Blah! Oh, <laughs> the face that Josh just made is terrifying. <laughs> you looked like per- the Piranha Plant from Mario. That's what yep. it looks like. Damn. Yes, yeah, that's, that's awful. That's, it's handsome. Um, but you get to that iconic cutscene that that just totally sets this this tone and this moment of horror. Like Chief just got into a he just got into a door that he wasn't supposed to open. It was purposely locked and he's he's bad watching boy. his back and bad boy he's got seeing his hands caught in the cookie jar. Yeah, he's seeing what happened, to Jenkins, he's seeing what happened to, to Keys and, and and Sergeant Johnson, then he gets done watching that. And it's cool because like Josh mentioned this and I, I mentioned it on the Twitter too, like Josh was talking about how like we get to experience exactly Like, it's new to us the same way it's new to Chief. We're watching this playback with Chief and trying to piece together what's happening. And uh, you come back, and then it's like, the game set this tone for like, oh, shit, what's about to go down? I'm kind of scared. And then all these little flood spores burst out of the door, and it's like, oh, shit. And, like, you're starting to go, what the heck is this? We don't know what this is. What's going on? And then after you start taking them out, another door bursts open, and now you have, like, config... like transfigured freaking uh heads with legs on them
1: pretty pretty much yeah i mean it's it's pretty damn cool how this story flows and the reason i love it so much is because when you initially land on it you're not thinking this is going to be weird nothing feels off at this point you land and you're like oh this is swampy i'm thinking this is cool you start to progress and you're not really finding anything nothing's really happening and it's quiet and it's just kind of Is that why you tone.
0: have swamp ass all the time, Josh? Is Always you think swamps are cool?
1: only have swamp ass on 343 Guilty Spark because I'm sweating. Sweating booties. Just getting Sweat, scared you know, of this you atmosphere. You know, them floods yeah. are coming. So then you progress and you see some flood finally and it's just these grunts. And it's like, okay, things feel a bit normal again for a moment. And then you progress more and uh, then you start seeing blood on the walls. Then you start seeing like yeah. ammo just left around.
0: And then, you know, oh, the crazy Marine, we completely skipped over that.
1: Yeah, and so... Setting it, the tone, big time. It builds up big time, and then, like Brian said, you get to this cut scene, and you as a player are synonymously experiencing this just like Chief is, you know? And, like Brian said, well, at first, yeah, like Brian said, you discover the guy who's just going crazy. I think I killed him right away. You
0: I, you shot him in the head. He didn't even get a chance to talk. You just, pow, pow, he's gone. Yeah, well... I said, pow, pow, but it was one shot.
1: Bang, bang. Brian, give me a Bang, bang. Bang 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 bang! That was so unenthusiastic. It's horrible, guys. Tell Brian about that on Twitter. Brian's bane. So yeah, it was really cool though, uh, because again, you're getting to that. You're seeing this crazy guy, and you're like, "Dude, what the hell is going on here?" Right? You get to the cutscene. Shit's popping off from this guy's perspective, and <laughs> just as Chief like is able to assess that like some weird stuff went went down against some weird enemies we haven't even seen in the game. Boom. The door pops open, and they're flooding out. All these little heads mm-hmm. running at you. And uh, oh, still that's to this mean. day, uh, my favorite— Now, was favorite that the
0: sound of flood spores, or was it the sound of your stomach when you haven't had chili cheese in more than a Oh, that's
1: hours? the sound of my stomach when I do have a lot of chili cheese, and I okay. get the bubble guts. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> but no, that's probably my favorite moment uh, for me ever in Combat Evolved is the moment where the door bursts open because I was really like horrified. And Halo: Combat Evolved had conditioned me to just expect this spacefaring romp mm-hmm. that kept expanding. Every level kept doing something different, but I was conditioned to think this is like colorful and fun, and not like dark or really like horrifying. And then suddenly it goes there. And I mean, even playing through this with Brian was just fun. I mean, we kind of we were pretty relaxed. I think when we played this one, and it was fun to just kind of shoot the shit, but. It was just nice to reflect on some of that well, stuff.
0: Another way that Bungie was brilliant is that you know they get you all the way down, deep down in this area, and then they go. going this. down, down, down. I don't know how the rest of it goes. In a dirty i sugar,
1: we going down swinging.
0: Too much Fallout Boy and brute force in this episode. Never enough brute force. We only got one game of that. So they get you. They get you way down there. Where you're trapped, and then they introduce this new terrified enemy, and you try to work your way out, and you're like scrambling to get to the top. And then what I think is so genius is when you finally, finally get out of there, and you get to the top. There's a bunch of marines up up there that are like your comfort food. <laughs> like, oh hey, these marines are here. Like, like I, hey, I remember comforted. the past
1: couple levels where it was fun and you were never alone?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like here you go. Here's some comforting comforting things. Here's some marines. So that's like Josh and I tried to keep them alive as we progressed. We did. Out we gave
1: them small. names, and Only one in lived. order to establish you know, uh, camaraderie and a connection with them. So we wanted to keep them alive. And I think we only kept, we kept one damn guy alive. I can't remember who it was. But I don't know. I think his name was Steve, but we kept Steve I'll alive. Samson. Yes. <laughs> Samson <laughs>
0: starts with but the we next. get all the way out to the, the swamp spot. and we're introduced to an iconic character for the first time. 343 Guilty Spark himself. This little, I mean, I know that like Johnson made fun of him in Halo 2 by hush on light bulb. But, like, what did you think of him when you first saw him? Do you even remember? I don't remember. Like, he's just a floating, like, light. Uh,
1: well, I think considering everything that had just come from playing that the first time, I I mean, it was interesting, but it didn't really, he didn't really have any impact on me until the following level. You know, at this point, yeah. I'm just like, "Get me out of here!" <laughs> you know? Yeah,
0: exactly. That's why that's a way. That's how he kind of seems like a friend. You know? Yeah. Don't worry, he's a friend. You know?
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and like Brian said, it was really fun. I mean, it's a good point too. Like, they just do that structure so well. They build upon the mystery. They get you conditioned to think this is how this game is going to be. They drop you in this level, set up all this like scenes of previous battles that existed before you got there, and it's pretty exciting. You know, just in general in like Halo lore to think that. Where Chief is, as he's navigating through this stuff, to think stuff just happened here. Stuff just went down. The game, the world wasn't waiting for Chief to arrive. No, stuff has been going on. And as you progress through that stuff, and you go way way down, like Brian said, and then then you're fighting to get back up. And I mean, since you're playing as Chief, they're not going to have you like scrambling and running around and have Master Chief screaming. But internally, especially if you listen to the Flood book, like he's a bit horrified in of himself. Like not like completely scared and shaken up, but I mean, he's definitely, well, he is a little shaken up. And he's trying to get out of there. And that's just, it's so cool because you're really in that moment of like, what the fuck is going on? While you're also like, I need to get out of here. And then you do and you run into this weird like hush puppy baby that's like, you know, come with me. And then it teleports you and then Fohammer's like, Chief! Chief! I can't can't read you! you. Yeah, meanwhile the little Steve's over there like, I'm here though, get
0: me. Fohammer's like, I don't give a shit about you! Chief! (laughs) Fohammer's like, it ain't worth landing for your sorry marine ass. (laughs)
1: No, I like to think Steve made it. I hope he's doing good. Yeah, maybe we'll run into him on Halo 2.
0: We know that Steve became a Spartan four like everyone else. <laughs> <a> it's <Hitler. laughs> funny, I like that. What's the uh, next? Level? Yeah, what do we go to so next? the next mission is the library. I think we can we can shorten this one down. We can talk about this one pretty quick because here's the truth of the level. Like, okay, so I think Josh and I both kind of agree. We don't hate the mission as much as like a lot of people seem to hate the library. But I think we can both agree. That it's deserving of criticism because what this level basically is, is they created one very simplistic, gray-toned, flat area, filled it with flood, and then repeated it seven times. I mean, that's pretty much the level, (laughs) right?
1: Yeah. You know what was fun about this, though, guys, if you've seen all these? This is the level where Brian and I really turned our brains off, and in a good way. We got talking about a lot of different topics, Lord of the Rings especially, but why that was fun— is for the reason Brian said, uh, it's such a repetitive level, but it is fun for us because we don't have to think about it. It's just so repetitive that like we can turn our brains off, exist in the world of Halo, and just talk.
0: The and one I think- thing I need to touch on that this there's one thing about this level that's actually huge that almost never gets mentioned is that the lore info that three four three Guilty Spark drops, and I would recommend anyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about. Either play that level with subtitles on or look it up online. But the things that he touches on in that level are really forward thinking. Like, I'm sure they didn't quite know what the plan was for a lot of the things he says in the beginning, but he talks about um, your combat skin, which, I mean, that's what that's what the, the Mjolnir type armor is called in the Forerunner novels, is you know their combat skins. He talks about combat skins, he talks about how you have, like, a level one combat skin. Um, basically, basically 343 Guilty Spark is, you know, we don't know what the plan was at the time, but he's more or less saying, you are you are a forerunner, and I don't know why you came so ill-equipped. Why are you wearing such pathetic armor? Why don't you, like, he's talking about how, like, don't you know the protocols, like, you know how to handle this. You're you're my maker. You're you're a forerunner. You should know this. Like you're the one who built me. What do you think Chiefs thinking about? Chief <laughs> this, this what is this
1: happening? What do you think Chiefs thinking about? I mean, I flood. He's probably aside. like,
0: "What the hell?" He's like, <laughs> "I don't want to hell die here." What are you talking about? Just get me I don't and... understand any of yeah. this. Yeah. So if you guys listen to what Guilty Spark says, it's very indicative of, you know, what was to come later in Halo as far as lore goes.
1: And that's one and of Also, the this is the thing. level
0: where our 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 logo was introduced introduced the sacred. Yes,
1: I was I was hoping you were going to bring that up. I was going to yeah. if you didn't. But it's pretty damn cool. Uh I really liked I really liked that whole aspect. That's one of the things I think Bungie has done. Or I'm sorry, 343 has done that's like enhanced, you know, Bungie something Bungie did. Like made it better. When Brian told me this stuff back in 2014, and he's telling me all this uh, Halo 4 stuff and and explaining it to me so I can understand it better. He tells me this shit. And this is where, like, you can't... I mean, my eyes widen, but in my brain, it's like the explosion going off where I'm like, whoa. Because I never thought about what he said. I honestly just thought he was some crazy old little robot. Didn't know what the hell he was talking about. He'd been alone for a long time. I'm like, this guy's crazy. It's okay. He's just... You know, he's been alone for a long time. He's getting to meet he's people bad again. Shit. He's you know he's bad shit crazy. Don't tell him though. Just you know just just go with it. Yeah. You know that's that's pretty much what I thought. And Brian telling me that I was like holy shit. And I thought that's when I okay that's when I for me I started to think really reconsider that that Halo Four might be really cool and just having what Halo Four brought to the table with the Forerunner trilogy and everything might be good because I didn't beforehand and I thought if this is even enhancing this past experience this is going to change the way. You know, I look at this almost like, you know, watching Rogue One going into A New Hope or something. It like enhances it because you're having that now engraved in something that was already established. So damn cool. Uh, It's crazy how
0: much it's just insane how much Bungie, like how much world building Bungie did in this game. When we know for a fact after the fact, we know they didn't really know. They really didn't know what the point of any of it was going to be. I think that's
1: what's great about this game overall is that there's so many it. It
0: a great it foundation
1: raises more questions than answers even in the ending you know you're, you're left wondering so much and the plot just moves along and it doesn't really there's moments of stuff like that or like brian said with keys you know and you get these little moments of exposition but it never like spends too much time on it it just keeps you moving so you're never bored but there is enough story and atmosphere there to that's to raise a lot of mystery
0: that's the crazy thing is First-person shooters back at the time weren't really known for story. They were just known for you know fun gameplay and good level design. And Halo had the fun gameplay and good level design, but it also had it it, it had this little carrot that it was hanging, lingering above you the whole time of like interesting story and background. And mm-hmm. of course, that blew up big time in Halo 2, But it was it was kept it was kept pretty simplistic in the first game, which I think really helped helped it. You know,
1: yeah. I mean, how <laughs> they could have done it better at the time, anyway. But damn, did they knock yeah. it out of the park! I mean.
0: It's a it's so the, a fun level
1: at the same time. First time playing it, I don't think anybody I, I, mean, I mean I guess I shouldn't say that. I was going to say I don't think anybody really realized that you know that it was super repetitive. They probably did, <laughs> so they were playing through it cuz it is lengthy, but I just never had an issue. Never. Yeah. Never it never yeah. bothered me and, and when I play through it with Brian, I think like I said in the playcast, you guys notice how kind of lax we get and we just start talking about other stuff. I think for me that's just something that happens. Every time I play that now. So I almost look forward to that level or don't mind it because I know this is where the story is going to take more of a backseat for me personally. And I'm just going to, if I'm playing it with a friend, I'm just going to be able to just shoot the shit with them.
0: And that's fun. That's why I play co-op. Totally. Yeah. So the end of the mission you get the, you know, you get the index, which is the, it's kind of cool how they name things. You know, the, the index is kept in the library and you use the index is the key that lights halo, the halo ring. And it doesn't get called the sacred icon until the second game where you find out that the covenant. But that's what been, it is. Yeah. the covenant I hope when you that. guys play
1: through that level, you think of us right over there, that little sacred icon is They're Brian and Josh.
0: That would be so great. Uh, so you get the next. <laughs> that Michigan would
1: be so and, sacred
0: sacred uh, you put 343 <laughs> guilty spark teleports you right to the control room uh, well I, I guess i think you kind of i think the cutscene starts with you walking into the control room so maybe he teleported you somewhere else and you kind of went there together it doesn't really show Chief's you like get to the control room bitch back here yeah and you get to the control room and 343 guilty spark has you put the index into the into the into the control room and like the thing is At this point, in retrospect, we always think of 343 Guilty Spark as kind of being evil because we know the things he does in the trilogy, but truthfully, when he's telling Chief to put the Index into the control room, he just thinks that Chief knows all this already and that he's taken him through the steps. Like, he thinks that Chief is a reclaimer and that he's a forerunner and that he knows what the Index is, what the Halo rings are built for, and... You know, it's in th- it's in Guilty Spark's programming that if there's an infestation, you'd like the ring. And he just thinks that Chief knows that. Well, then, of course, Cortana pops up, and she's like, whoa, do you, you know what this thing made you almost made you do? Oh, don't worry. He's a friend. You know, that whole thing. and it's That's like,
1: when that's when I get really confused my first time. I'm like, everyone needs to just chill.
0: Chill out. And that's what Chief basically does. He gets between them. He
1: puts his arms up. He's like, yeah, just slow that's where, down. That's and, what the guys yeah. at Bungie were like. That's the name of the map. That's the name of that multiplayer map. Chill out. That's what we'll call it. That's it. Yeah, yep. Right, Let's go yeah. for it.
0: <laughs> so, and then, and then, like, you know, once again, it's just kind of confusing. And then, you know, Cortana's basically telling you how she's just saved everyone's hide by not by stopping the control scheme, or the, the ring from being activated. And then we kind of start to see 343 Guilty Spark as an antagonist. And that's also where the, uh, that iconic line is delivered that I really need to write down so I can, because I, I always mention it. The one where he's like, Guilty Spark says something like, uh, you know, having reasonable time to think about your query, I, I've, I've thought about it, and yes, I would like the rings. And it was this thing that made zero sense for almost ever. It was forever for 10 years plus. It made zero sense. Like, what is he talking about? We never had a conversation, blah, 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 blah. It's revealed in the uh, book, um, The Forerunner Saga by Greg Barrett. It's revealed in Silentium that uh, Master Chief has—I'm just going to gloss over things so it's more understandable for people who don't read the book— in Chief's DNA is the DNA of a past forerunner called Born Stellar. And Born Stellar is the one who lit the rings. And when he before he lit the rings, he asked three four three Guilty Spark, uh, if it was your choice, would you light the rings? It's the last thing he said. And then so Three Four Three Guilty Spark here is misinterpreting Chief for Born Stellar. And he's 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 answering the question that the Born that Born Stellar asked a hundred thousand years ago. Yeah. Really cool. It's very cool. It's really- uh, so then, then what transpires here in this level, and I think we can kind of go through this one quick too, is what transpires here is you're playing the same level that is assault in the control room backwards, but now with Banshees and a couple different rooms that have these like kind of electromagnetic pulses that you have to use your suit to activate. <laughs> yeah. um, a little silly, but it works. So yeah, you're, you're mostly just going through the same mission, but now with the, the height of uh, using a Banshee to fly around and um just kind of glossing through that i the end of the mission what's that
1: how did you feel just us playing that with your experience how was that for you
0: uh it's not my favorite mission dude i know some people really like this one but for me it's like let's just get let's just get through it
1: if you okay if you count if you're if we're counting the warthog run in the mall this would be my least favorite level two betrayals but if we're not thinking of the 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 warthog run as much the mall would probably be my least favorite but this would be like the the second
0: yeah because i mean if you think about it like Assault in the Control Room was this really fun mission, you know, where you fight Covenant and you have Marines and all this stuff. Well, then you get to Two Betrayals. It's darker, which it doesn't feel that way in the anniversary graphics I'll mention. it's a very <laughs> Yeah. Bright, but, uh, <laughs> which is way bad, because I don't like yeah. it as much personally. Yeah. But, yeah, I understand. It's way darker, you play the same area backwards, and now you have to deal with all these Flood, which aren't as fun to fight, and it's just kind of, I don't know, it's just... It's a good mission, it's just, it, it starts to show a little bit, things are getting repeated. Um, so when the mission ends, and you've you've kind of used your suit to kind of blow up these these things, uh, Cortana says something like, oh, I think I can rewrite your suit, blah, 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 blah. we can use the teleportation grid. And then that's where, you know, the, the next mission, she teleports you on the the ship from Truth and Reconciliation, but she teleports you upside down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, There's and, The
1: biggest issue I think Two Betrayals has in general, objectively, doesn't even have to do with the level itself. And that's the fact that you're coming off the library going into that level. So think about it. You're playing through all these other levels, and they're changing stuff up like Brian's mentioned. And the lengths aren't too bad. Like, you know, depends on obviously your, your difficulty and how you are as a player, but they're not too, too long. You get to the library, and it's incredibly lengthy. It's the longest level at that point. And then you're like, you know, you're going through all that stuff and you're like, okay, what's next? Well, then they drop you into another long level. And you've just... That you've already this played. One and you've already... So you're already, like, even on top of if you don't like the library, if you're someone who really just dreads that, getting to that one, you're coming off this exhausted. And well,
0: the whole second half of the game is really continually making you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, they're making you fight the I don't, the mind, flood I don't or, mind
1: the tone as much. I mean, I like that those kind of aspects in some ways, but... It's just the, I'm just like shit. Like this is another long level. Like it doesn't, it doesn't feel as fun to play because of that. I'm so exhausted from what transpired on the library that I'm, I'm kind of wanting something a little bit closer to like keys or the mall in terms of length. But yeah. two betrayals is quite long, I think.
0: Yeah. So then our second to last mission you get to is keys, which keys! also. It's all, it's also a repeated mission, but at the same time, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel completely as repeated because no. the whole yeah. the whole ground sections feel new, even though they're sure. technically not really. What's the really... biggest
1: takeaway from this level?
0: Uh, I think it's the what we discovered, right? Yep. So, okay, I'm guessing that everyone listening is going to be like, "Wow, you guys are idiots!" I've known this since 2001. But if there's if there's a single person out there who didn't know this, I think your mind will be as blown as as we were. For the first time ever, we discovered right when you start that mission on the Covenant ship and in the, in the mission Keys, you walk forward just a few steps and to the right, there is like a screen you can look through. And on the other side of the screen is is Keys, like the proto-grave mine where Keys has been taken over by the flood. Mm-hmm. It's right there at the very beginning of the level through that window is is, is the taken over flood Key mine. It's crazy. It's key. Yeah, it's like it's right there at the beginning of the mission, and I'd never seen it in my life. Like I never had noticed that. Josh had never seen it either, and we're just like, and we're just awestruck by the fact that like, he's <laughs> yeah. right there.
1: We we're just staring at him. the damn thing. I remember because we walked. I think we both kind of walked past it, and I noticed flood at first, and then I run back, and then I'm like talking to Brian, and then Brian points out the little flood stuff, and as soon as he points out the little flood heads, I can see what looks like the proto grave mine in there. And then I'm starting to say it to Brian, like, we're both just realizing this at the same time. Like, what the hell? And even when we got to the end of the level, you look and you can see that little that little hole, like the little sort of gap hole, you know, where you can see it's through. crazy, dude. Uh, it's cool.
0: Though. It feels so cool to discover something new about a game you love so much almost 20 years It's
1: before. weird. It's almost like you do, like, the level. I mean, I could be wrong, but the the geometry is like a U. A, sh- a U, yeah. right? Because you go, like, yeah. you're in the ship and you kind of go down. You're coming back up to just the uh, uh, you know the other yep. side of the wall. <laughs>
0: Yep. which is weird. So yeah, so basically, you know, you go forward and you immediately drop down out of the ship into like a gooey kind of green pond and then then the next, you know, I don't know, 5 to 8 minutes of level is you trying to get back up in the ship, fighting flood and the cheat down,
1: your, the cheat go back up.
0: Yep. It's real dark down there. There's like flood fighting covenant. It it definitely feels like and this is a point in the game where you're like, holy shit, everything has gone to shit. It's complete chaos. There's, this is like, pretty covenant damn cool because flood. like
1: yeah, at this point in time You've seen how, like, the covenants gotten affected too. This group, this alien race, who seems so unaffected, despite you mowing them down, so superior, to so you. many, yeah, so superior, that always got more left in the tank. These guys are getting just smashed and just, just completely obliterated, overrun in these little sections. Like, like when you come out of that water, they're already fighting. They're not waiting for chief. This is another thing I love about the game. Like I said, like this game does not wait for you, like a lot of other games do. You know, you got to open this door, and the enemies are there, and it seems like they've been there for years, just waiting for you to open that door. It's in this game, it's like there's some levels and moments where stuff is just
0: the bad. AI is so good for this game, and they did a really good job of making you feel like these these are real characters that have their own agenda, and they yeah. they don't want to die. You know, yeah, I mean? we
1: talked a lot about Harry Potter. I remember on this level, it was nice to yeah. nice to talk about that a little bit. We, we got sure, a little that's, love that's for probably Harry Potter. not a selling point for a lot of you, but it was. No. Fun.
0: Well, it's like we uh, talked I about think, Lord of the Rings on the library. So I mean, I think I think Keys this mission, you know, being on the ground and seeing the flood fight the Covenant, this is a really good callback moment to in Halo Two when Truth says to the Arbiter, he says, um, uh, "You were right to focus your your abilities on the infestation, but your inability to safeguard Halo Halo was a colossal failure." So I mean, that's that's really referencing exactly what happened there. Like the Arbiter was leading this fleet. And he had to decide how he was going to lead his men, you know, his, the Covenant, to yeah, handle well. this. So he decided to, to handle the, you know, he's probably thinking, he's probably thinking, he's like, most of the humans are dead, there's only one ship, you know, there's not many people out there, like, it'd make more sense to focus on the Flood. But really, this whole time, you have this cyborg run around who manages to destroy the, the Holy Relic that is the Halo Ring. Um,
1: yeah, because when you think about it, there's, even in the Flood book, there's only a couple, like, pockets left of just Marines and stuff, right? And I would imagine from his perspective.
0: Like, what's the point? From the Covenant's Marine perspective,
1: them? it's like they're like ants at this point. The the humans, the, the Marines, the UNSC is just almost completely non-existent. So it's like that's a problem that's going to take care of itself because of the flood going on, you think. So he's gonna focus on all the other important stuff. Well, then master chief comes through. So. I feel
0: like I would have done the same thing if I was in charge. I'm like, yeah, I mean, you can't. When you look at it from
1: that perspective, you can't really blame him. You know?
0: Yeah. I mean. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, basically, once you get back to the, the the ship lift that brings you back up into the ship, you're kind of going through familiar areas from back in truth. I mean, they're, at this point, they're reusing truth and reconciliation, which is it's crazy how it's so smart though. Because ultimately, we don't care that much now, and we didn't care at all back then. It just it feels like a new level. You know,
1: yeah, when I think then. about when sometimes I talk about how I want games to kind of look. Well, I don't know if I said this before, but like one of my issues with Halo Two was that like everything was very tight, corridory, and stuff like that. And I didn't enjoy playing the campaign as much. The story's fun, but I just didn't personally enjoy the the flow of the levels and stuff like that as much. Well, I think I mean I'm glad for that being what it is. I wouldn't want to change it or anything, but I think Kid Me back then would have probably not minded had they literally just used tit for tat the same assets and just found a way to make new levels, you know? Like, I, I, I know they probably couldn't have done that. I'm just saying, it, like, they, they
0: did it so well in levels like this that it just, it works. I think one thing that's unique to point out, too, about how game design has changed and how, like, today's younger gamers view what's good in a game, like, if you look at something like, let's go to Halo 5, which is, like, you know, Halo One's probably one of the most heralded games in the series, if not the most. And then you have Halo 5, which is the one that's the most disliked. Halo Five has a lot of those big bombastic. I love set when you use that word. Moments. What's that?
1: I love when you use that word. I think it's oh, Jar Jar Binks.
0: I do uh, you want me to call this episode bombastic Jar Jar Binks? Yes, I do. Okay, that's the episode title. That was easy. Uh, I, was, I was thinking the whole time, what's it gonna be?
1: Easy. <laughs> easy be like bombastic, Jar
0: Jar Binks.
1: Cause it's easy.
0: Keep going, Josh. Beautiful.
1: Yeah. Easy last like Sunday
0: morning. What rhymes with bombastic? Um, elastic. <laughs> yeah. I got I got an elastic bombastic. Gangrene ass on three four. Gangrene ass on three, four, three <laughs> It's not not till so Master Chief fell in that green goo that he had that gangrene ass. Yeah, you just hear like a. Cortana's <laughs> 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 like Chief, what stinks in here? It's, yeah, you know, it's not know. me. Like right away, he's like, "It's not me, it's not me." That, that's Fohammer. <laughs>
1: Foahammer's like, "Chief, I'm having a hard time thinking about picking you up now after you said that shit to me about uh, about me to Cortana."
0: Chief, I got no, I got, I can't read you. There's no toilet paper left. I'm out. Bring some, Charmin. <laughs> I don't know. Well, anyways, know guys, back to the, the mission. Yeah, you pretty much just go through. You know the rest of that ship, the same kind of sh- the same ship you were on in, in Truth and Reconciliation, and then you get to this big reveal that not only could you not get the keys on time, but he is now like f- in this big like freaking flood ball, which we really didn't know at all what that was back then, but we knew that, and we know now that the flood were coming together to to bring all the different intelligences of of um, of different organic beings to form a grave mind. So that was. Like that was like a proto grave mind. It hadn't got there yet, but it was on its way to becoming a grave mind. Yeah. Um. So what do you think? about You know, about the this?
1: biggest, biggest takeaway from that is honestly like we we talked in the very beginning of of this t- topic of discussion about how we don't like the anniversary graphics as much. Well, for me, I'm so glad they are still there because the biggest takeaway is how much this moment is enhanced by the terminals that we get from. I was this. gonna
0: mention. I'm glad you mentioned it.
1: And it's just. I almost don't watch those because that scene is so depressing yeah. and horrifying to, uh, to to just think about. But it know. sells this moment. But so But it better. does. It really adds depth to it. It's another thing that three four three does that enhanced something that Bungie had already done because you really feel the weight of it now. Even though, like when Brian and I are playing through this, it's not like we we hit pause and we went and watched this. We didn't. Mm-hmm. But knowing that that's a thing. It's now, in my mind. It's in our minds. And it just enhances this moment. Because, I mean, when you watch it now with 2001 graphics, he sticks his damn fist in, Goo comes out, and the fuck—the friggin' face is gone. He, ta- yep. he takes the whole damn face out. I mean,
0: because we know the chip's stored in his head. I mean, Right. But Chief's just like, I'm going
1: to rip this whole head off. It don't matter it's anymore.
0: Like, oh, are you guys sad that a character just got infested? Well, there goes his head. Lol.
1: Man, this is weird. Like what, imagine oh, that, just that like terminal, imagine it being Lasky and Chief is just like sorry, man.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he just rips so, the whole oh, damn thing. Oh, Corbulo Cor- 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 he,
1: he pulls it like yeah. a nam like stem, you know, out of the ground. It's just crazy.
0: Yeah, that that terminal though, it, it just show it shows key like Keys using all of his mental strength to fight back the parasite and he's he's trying to he's trying to remember his 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 well, he's he using repetition
1: lo- memory to sort of like yeah, his name, his,
0: his his like his like Marine code. He, he's thinking of Halsey because they used to have a relationship, and just to see him finally be like taken over, and he's like, he's like, uh, he says something like, "Oh, we're we're lost, or I've forgotten everything," and then the grave minds just like. You like, yeah, were. yeah, you yeah. did. Yeah, oh, you love. It's crazy, dude. You're losing your memory. But uh, then then basically the mission, it's pretty much over at that point. You just quickly run out, get a banshee, take off, and then we are presented with the oh. final mission of the game, the mall. Yeah, but before we even got there, I never actually made it onto
1: the mall because I died. Brian made it into a banshee. Well, because well, you
0: can jump down and get to the banshee quicker, but you have to jump down to a ledge, get your health back, and then jump again. He just jumped straight down <laughs> I just saw Josh go, I should sure dead. I
1: sure did. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I said it's my I turn <laughs> and then as I'm flying away in the Vanshee's Josh's like no Brian don't leave me yeah, like,
1: Brian come back I've respawned
0: yeah was that so get-
1: die? no actually I made it into this eventually we may do a playcast of the second game and you'll see that I made it back just like Johnson did
0: Yeah, boom but then when we get to Halo 3 you're, you're in co-op you'll be the arbiter I'm like where's second Master Chief at he made it through Halo 1 and 2 but he never made it to Halo 3 there's no second Chief alright
1: he's around there. He's around. He's
0: always lurking in the shadows. He
1: is. He's in Canada or something. Shadow chief. Canadian chief. Chief. Canadian chief. Chief, eh? (laughs) Hey there, pal. How you doing? I'm here to fight off (laughs) these Covenant, okay? Let's talk about it. (laughs) Let's talk about about it.
0: (laughs) Um, So we get to the Maw, and what I think is crazy about this mission is, I'll be honest, when I first played this as a kid, I had zero idea that this was the first mission of the game. Repeated because mm. the when you get to this level, mm-hmm. the ship is not in space; it's on the ground and it's burnt to a crisp, and it's surrounded by like I don't know brown like it dry is. land.
1: It being burnt to a crisp makes the graphics look so crappy. It just they yeah. suck, and they don't actually suck. I'm just saying it makes them look that way because yeah. everything so- is so desolated
0: once again they managed to reuse like they reused an asset in the fact that they reused the entire freaking level Mm -hmm. but because the the skybox and the 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 area surroundings different and they've made the whole like ship look degraded it, it felt like a new mission so I think me and Josh are pretty much in agreement playing through this mission in these tight corridors, fighting Flood and Sentinels. It's not the most fun, but what the real cream of the crop ends up being the Warthog run at the end.
1: It is. And, you know, but it's, it's still fun, though, in the sense that you do come full circle. I mean, it, it's a very subtle way of them doing it, but you do come full circle back on that ship and, and, and fighting story, your way off of it.
0: The story's cool with, like, 343. Three. I, I actually like there's this one line where 343, three, Guilty Spark, he's going through, like, the systems of the Pillar of Autumn, and he's like, he's like, all of our lost time. Humanity is it, and it's kind of like a, a little bit of a foreshadow to, as we know, uh, and this is something I'd love to do a whole podcast episode on at some point. Is um, we know that Bungie had originally intended for forerunners to just be regular humanity from mm-hmm. a long time ago. And eventually, that changed, but this is that's that's this is one of those moments where three four three saying all of our lost time hmm, humanity is it. He's like because whatever they called themselves, you know, it just that's the thing is they can be humans just the same as Chief hundred thousand years ago, but they might not use the word humanity to describe themselves. You know what I mean? And then we got that cool scene with, you know, chief chucking that grenade up in his hand. That's the size of his head. This is the kind of
1: thing where I don't feel like any, I don't feel like any halo game is like ends well without having a warthog run. And only one in three have done that. And I just want to pick your brain, Brian. What if like this sort of became with infinite and maybe like, let's say we eventually get into whatever the next one is, even if it's 10 years like, I would love – how would you feel if Halo kind of started to become defined by, like, how cool their that game's version of the Warthog run is? Like, every game kind of had some kind of Warthog run. I, I would I love would that. Like, like, it's a tradition. I would yeah,
0: I think I'd more or less like that. Mm-hmm. I know I could later eat my words and be like, oh, it's getting repetitive. But, like, I would like to see it again, especially since this is a hot take that many won't agree with me on. But I, I feel like Halo 3 was a really piss-poor version of it. I, I wasn't a fan. Of how Halo Three did it, I think it's still know. fun. I just don't like. I still enjoy it. It, it just
1: feels like you're on there. like a weird like forge kind of. It feels
0: like section. you're on a forge map or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, it doesn't make like the paneling. Just it feels yeah. very cheap. Feels like they ran out of time or money. Uh, so I'm not a really huge fan of that. I Understand. I
1: still like um, it, but I
0: get it. Yeah, I still like it too. But yeah, the Warthog but yeah I would one. love. To, I think Infinite needs to have the yeah. Warthog run. I feel like I'm expecting that.
1: No, too. I know. I it should uh, Infinite should have that. in guys, it was so much fun because Brian's screen didn't have the timer. And we decided at first we're gonna both hop in our own warthogs, and we're gonna just try to gun for it. And Brian dies. I pick him up. We drive. Actually, I didn't die.
0: You teleported me out of my warthog. Oh, that's right. I'm so sorry. Yeah, Yeah. I'm
1: the asshole by unintention. Uh, Then anyway, Brian gets in mine. We drive for a bit. It gets flipped. I'm like, Brian, hop in. Like, doesn't matter. Just hop in. And guys, the coolest thing about this is we'll mention it on there. We might not have it up by the time this pod's up. But the last time Brian and I played through. Uh, Halo CE's co-op was Master Chief Collection Release Night in 2014 so when that happened for you guys who haven't heard this story, what happened was I ended up, we get to the final part, we hop out and we're running for that ship and just as we're about to get on, I get kicked from the game, Brian gets on board and I not only I don't get the achievement for beating the level that Brian does, I also don't get the achievement for beating the game that Brian does and it pissed me off. Brian laughed right away. And so anyway, this was a really interesting moment of coming full circle of like closing the it chapter. Works. I got a little bit of closure now because as you guys will see when the video does go up, we did it. We both yeah. made it. And there was one point where Brian died. And I was just like, no, like
0: I could just gun for it here and maybe he'll respawn, maybe he won't, but we'll see. It was like me him. and Josh were running like in a triathlon. It's one of those deals where like the guy you were beating trips and falls, and Josh is like leading there. And he turns around, he's like, do I go for the finish line or I'll go back and help? Like, him? no, I'm he, go back and help.
1: Yeah. Get up, Brian. <laughs> we'll finish together.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was fun, man. I'll cherish that moment
1: because it did get intense for us. We got down to. I think it was the last like 40 seconds or something like that. We didn't have too much time left and we flipped all around, but we made it. Yeah.
0: I mentioned that. to Josh on the playcast, I don't know if you guys remember this, but like when you finish the game on MCC, obviously you have the cutscene with Chief and Cortana and he says, you know, I think we're just getting started. But in the original game, after the credits play, there's a brief, I don't know, there three second cutscene of Guilty Spark flying through space. And we end up knowing where he flew to. He flew to. Um I think he flew to the gas uh what do you call it like the gas thing the the, the yep. place you go in Halo 2 Yeah we're uh,
1: oh my god Cecil so roof for me is
0: yeah. yeah so I I the heretic leader so yeah it's I kind of prefer if we could still have a way to see that but you well, hopefully that's
1: another thing that they just kind of add on, like yeah. do. I mean, like I mean, it or, of course
0: they'd have to redo it in anniversary graphics, or it'd stand out like a sore thumb if it wasn't.
1: If yeah, that's a good point, man. But still, it's but, like, damn, they should just put that in. It's so, it but like ultimately, Josh, fine.
0: to sum up this topic we we chose today, uh, let me ask you a few questions. Wait, um, do you want to talk
1: about the multiplayer first, or get into that a little after?
0: Well you know what? I, my bad. Let's let's do that real quick. Yeah, because there's I not too much to say about assessment.
1: that. We went through and played two maps. Just to kind of get a refresher. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Just to get a little refresher
1: and see what it was like. We wanted to do a little bit of big team, but that wasn't popping at the moment for people. So we jumped into some regular Slayer. And, you know, uh, uh, you could tell me what you think, Brian, but it was, it's not as fun. It's probably our least favorite Halo multiplayer, but it's It's
0: still. It's a product of its time. Yeah.
1: it, It just, that one hasn't aged as well as I think all the other ones have, but it's still so much fun. I mean, like just running around, shooting one another. It's a lot more frantic. It fun. is the base
0: of what we have today, and it's and we love the game, and it's still fun, and it deserves the praise because of what it was when it came out. But now, there it, there's, it feels like it feels like the the DNA of Halo Two was just strong enough that Two and every game going forward is, is very replayable today. Where Halo One feels like it's stuck in an archaic yeah. past.
1: Yeah, we know a lot of people like that. I could be wrong, but I think um, a couple people in our community that's like their favorite one so not to discredit you guys like we know that's no. still super fun it offers something different. it does and i mean i think if we're talking like big team battle that is one of my favorite big team battles i've had so much fun every time i've ever played that there's so much humor from just how easy it is to betray your teammates to just how much fun it is to play things like ctf yep. you can't the hardcore aspect is there yeah i mean it's that is a shit ton of fun i i've just never personally and i think brian's the same we've never enjoyed it as much in the typical like slayer and those are those variants But otherwise, super fun.
0: Yep, totally. Um, Yeah, so as a complete summarization of Halo Combat Evolved, Josh, I'll kind of give you a structure of how I'm going to answer it, and then you can answer it as... All right, uh, bet. When I first played... Bet. Right back at you. Uh, When I first played uh, Halo Combat Evolved, like you guys know, I played it after (laughs) Halo 2. I love that you're saying that now, by the way. Uh, (laughs) Because I played Halo 2 first, and... um, When I played Halo Combat Evolved, I was amazed by it. I thought it was was great. Even after playing it after 2, and to me, because I played 2 first and 2 had better graphics and all that stuff, I thought 2 was better. But I played Halo Combat Evolved and I'm like, wow, this is just as good, except the graphics aren't as good. I felt like the graphics weren't as realistic looking as 2 back on the original Xbox. But I loved the game, I really enjoyed it. Um, And as time's gone on, I, I just continued to love it more and more. And even replaying it now, you know, I think a large part of it's because of nostalgia. I love it just as much now as I did back then. You know, in my nostalgic eyes, it's a 10 out of 10. But on another note, looking at the game very objectively and playing through it with Josh and conversing about it today, the game was far, far from perfect. Far from perfect. It wasn't even close. It was just so ahead of its time and such an experience to behold. But, you know, with a mixture of repeating missions, reusing assets, uh, having really bland environments that weren't fleshed out, um, you know, it had a lot of issues. Um, it, it's just it ultimately just didn't matter, especially for the time. But it, it does. Like you, you, it wouldn't be hard to make up a list of ways that game could be improved. So uh, I guess if I'm being uh, to add to that, another note, I had my wife try playing Halo for the first time. You know, back when we started tried this Halo. Yeah, back when we started this podcast, we were having Erica play this for the first time, and I tried to start her with Halo One, thinking that would be the best place because that's the beginning of the story. But for her, the game was just she didn't think the characters and story were that interesting because it's a twenty-year-old game and it's just kind of you know it's it's did that stagger you, Brian. It did a bit, but now I'm pretty accepting of it. I, I think it. I think it. I don't think Halo One is a good place to start new fans. Um, I, I don't think everyone will agree with me here but i think if you're trying to start someone on halo for the first time ever in 2020 do not choose halo combat evolved josh and i have mentioned in the podcast before what we would recommend i'm pretty sure we went with halo 3 and 4 yep. as the two best to start with yep. uh, for varying reasons but yeah i think combat evolved i think it in one sense it holds up still to this day as a great game and a great piece of, of gaming history but i think on another note because of how far we've developed it uh, the game industry has developed it doesn't hold up as well uh, there's there's definitely things that have been done better since so i guess uh in 2020 maybe it's an 8 out of 10 game yeah but it's it's a 10 out of 10 for me personally i, I love it
1: yeah and the multiplayer
0: I, is fun but josh over to you
1: it's so much fun you know it i think the problem with it is for me is the farther i get away for, from it the more i tend to forget about it when the the discussion for Halo comes up compared to the other games. I always feel like I have so much more to say about the other games. It's like Combat Evolved is the first slice of pizza you ever eat and it's amazing and you're like, wow I love this and I want more of it the rest of my life. But you never quite remember the first time. Like You know it's there but you, you don't remember the taste as much. You remember the tastes that have come after. Like Remember that time I tried out this different brand, this different version? I really like this type of toppings. I really like this or that. But I don't think as much about that first one. Like I it's there and it set the, the the set the tone for everything that came after, but I always find myself talking about everything else after. Yet I love Combat Evolved. Um I think for me, I don't know if any of you guys will understand what I'm saying, but something about the way it felt on the original Xbox, like even if I popped it in today and played it, has this look that MCC still had Maybe it's because like now we're seeing it in 4K, 1080 and clean and crisp and everything. More frames. And more frames that it's kind of won that novelty off. But I just... Something about even how the water looked. Like, I mean, Taraz has pointed this out in some of his stuff, but the the way the graphics just kind of looked that's slightly just a smidge different in the original. And I think I kind of like missed that version of it. But I'm not... It's not lessened because I'm playing the MCC version. I don't think of it like that. But it's... uh it's like it's probably would you say eight out of ten
0: yeah for today's standards if i'm trying to be objective
1: yeah i'd I'd probably go with that brian i'd probably go with that because it's still had a lot of fun it's just as much as i love the tone that we that that starts in 343 guilty spark that carries through the rest of the game i don't necessarily like the levels that come after like i don't mind them but i don't like them anywhere near compared to the first it's not like you just want
0: to turn on the game and play those missions only
1: Yeah. Like if if I was ever doing that, if I was ever going to be a stickler, I would honestly play up until the end of 343 Guilty Spark and then say, okay, I'm done. I'm going to go play like Halo 2 or whatever I'm going to play. Like I would just kind of stop there because the rest is not as fun. The tone is cool. It's not as fun. And a big part of the thing, the biggest reason for me, uh, and I kind of forgot to mention this earlier, guys, is that you just don't have the Marines anymore. Like the last time you have them is in three four three guilty spark and you don't really run into anymore after that and that's for me what I loved so much about it was even though I'm a super soldier and I'm I don't there's no there's no other ones like me I'm never alone and then I get to a point in the game where I am alone and it fits the narrative it fits the tone and it adds to it so in a way I'm contradicting myself but I admit still subjectively to loving those moments when those marines were around me to add to the combat to add to the player agency to add to the atmosphere and story
0: yeah yeah i think there's uh i think one thing that's always going to make halo combat evolve so special that it can't be taken away from it is it was so simple and it was before before any sequels came before i mean I was about to say before any novels, technically, Halo: The Fall of Reach came out before the game, but that's a whole different story. Technically, but uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it was just a simple time. It was a simple game. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't marred by canon and sequels. And I think I think that's also one of the reasons why he, every now and then you'll meet that person who says the only game that ever came close to Halo One for me was Halo Reach because I feel like Halo Reach was designed very similarly in that it was a very simplistic, straightforward story kind of. Uh, that was didn't have that's much fair. of the. It didn't have the heavy exposition and all the canon stuff in its way. You know what I mean? Oh, that's
1: fair, and it kind of got right to the point too. It didn't. Yeah. It didn't waste as as much time. Halo, Halo two,
0: ones. I mean, Halo 2's exposition is off the freaking charts, and there's barely any in Halo. And it's a long game. Yeah, you go through a lot playing as both of them. Yeah. So it. So yeah, Halo Combat Evolved just as good as ever, guys. We loved it. It was a great time. That is now now there for his, the history books. You can you can watch.
1: Yeah, Brian and I mentioned this a couple time. times after we got into the first couple episodes behind the scenes. We we were just for us selfishly, we were happy that this stuff would be up there in case, you know. Brian and I just are always like wanting to just flip that on, you know, and just listen to it and just hear the our two memories because, you know, we did this podcast having so many conversations because of so many conversations in the past because of all these things we do. Uh, talk about all these hangouts we had and we just never recorded that stuff we didn't think to do it you know no one does you just live it in the moment but now we have this preserved for our friendship um, so we hope you guys get to go back and and watch that um, whenever you want and and it's there for for preservation
0: yep it was a great time. It, it was. A great time. I'm really happy. It's with crazy it. to think it's all there on, on record. So all well, there on the
1: YouTube.
0: I, I, need to, I need to add up how many hours of actual recorded footage it was to complete that. So. Yeah.
1: Brian, if people are checking us out for the first time, or if they haven't even watched those yet, and maybe they're wanting to, where can they find us on YouTube?
0: YouTube.com sacrediconhalo Sacred Icon Halo. We have other content there as well, topical videos that... Uh, that people like, but um, we have all the playcast episodes there as well. They're called Sacred Icon Halo Playcast.
1: So. Yeah, and Brian said this before uh, perfectly. But you know, even if you guys are some people who don't really like to do watch a lot of like sort of let's plays and stuff like that. Uh, this is really great side podcast content if you just want to put it in your pocket and listen to it. You know, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of I think of we offer styles.
0: enough content in what we're talking about that you don't need to watch it. It's just more more content to listen to. So. Absolutely. But anyways, Josh, are you ready for the questions and answers? The questions and
1: answers derived from the Twitter. Man, I can never do it as good as that one time. I mean, it's always going to be underneath. Keeps, keep striving for excellence, Josh. I will, Brian. I will. I got to create that 50% chance of things going really amazing. Take us into our Q&A. What was our question?
0: Question was, we can't be the only ones who find Halo Combat Evolves' bland aesthetic admirable. Preach. Sure, it's dated, but it holds up so well and feels truly so alien. Well. While we love the hard work that was put into the anniversary graphics, it just doesn't feel faithful. Which do you prefer? So, we already kind of covered that, our opinions on that, guys. We feel like the original is much more faithful. We don't like to play in an the anniversary, even though we admire it. We don't hate it. You know? Yeah, we definitely don't yeah, hate it. A lot and of work. Someone said that, that's my favorite. Total. Totally, just as much of a fan, our pin is not any more valid, and also I'm glad it's there because every now and then I personally feel like playing an anniversary just for fun.
1: Oh yeah, if I want to navigate some of those other levels that are that are a bit darker, I'm gonna turn on anniversary graphics because it's yep, brighter. It's like flashlight mode. Just like, <laughs> just like me.
0: Um, our buddy Corey, who goes by Halo Guy eighty five, yeah, says classic graphics all the way. Not the case with Halo two. CE's anniversary graphics seem like a fan mod who didn't really get it. Yeah. So I that that's kind of harsh and I get what he's saying, totally get what he's saying, but I think what we've already said in the podcast before is they got it, they just decided they wanted it to look more like Reach.
1: It's I think for me personally, yeah, is the fact that it looks it's trying to borrow from another's engine, another look that came yeah. before. Whereas like Halo 2 Anniversaries is really its own thing. I don't feel like it's trying to look like 3 or 4 or it's 5. Trying to look like Halo 2 but it's Trying better. to look like Halo 2 but better, perfectly said Brian. So I get that.
0: Uh, Next response is from Spiteful117, who we mentioned previously. Yeah! Spiteful! Uh, I still go back to play it on the original graphics. It makes the game feel a bit more charming, if that makes any sense. I do think when you change the graphics, even if you do a great job, there's a sense of charm lost. Even with Halo 2, that we prefer the new graphics. I think we can admit that, like, the old graphics have their own sense of charm that... It's not there when we play new graphics.
1: Yes, when I okay, good example. When I play Halo 2 OG graphics, I think about where I was at in high school. I think about my first experience, um, the way I dressed, the music at the time, everything else in my life, my friends, my family. When I play Halo 2 anniversary graphics, I think about my first experience, I think about where I was at in 2014 and my first experience uh, playing through that, the music I was listening to, hanging out with Brian, Justin, Creighton, all these other people. It evokes different nostalgia for me which is good but part of the reason i love halo 2 so much and what kind of has me here now is is derived from my halo 2 experiences so I, i do love to play through that still and a charm is lost when i do switch over to anniversary despite its preference
0: yeah totally i'm totally with you man um next is from nick at king grunt king grunt baby What I love so much about Halo CE was Installation 04 and the art direction Bungie took with it. On the surface were amazing and diverse landscapes, while beneath the surface, the cool, bland, metallic palette gave most levels an intriguingly eerie sensation. Mm -hmm. I do feel like the game feels a lot more eerie and alien and foreign in the old graphics. And I don't even know if that's all intentional. I think some of it's the limitations of of time and, and hardware. But the new stuff just feels more... Oh, what's what the, what's the word when they say? Uh, there's, like there's less substance in the new the new graphics. I don't know.
1: No, I get what you're saying. I get I get it though. I mean, I, was I used to. I, it makes me think about how much I used to complain about Halo 2's maps looking too brownish, you know, and not mm-hmm. having color. But yet, I think about the Halo CE stuff, and I'm like, yeah, there is a lot of the sort of grayness going on,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but I don't hate it as much for some reason. I don't know
0: it's very flat and blocky and, and bland, but it, it just feels alien in the right way. So. Yeah,
1: you know something we didn't mention, Brian. I What's hate that? those. I hate those thick boys from the flood that we have to fight. Oh, you know gets... why? Because every time you throw a grenade at those sons of bitches, I just want them to blow up entirely. But they, they don't. They don't. They go flying across a football field, and then they decide it's just time to pop, and
0: then they pop. And yeah, oh, those things are nasty. But they're. I can't remember,
1: arms. Brian. Are those in other Halo games? I'm blanking right now. Oh, yeah, they're in all of them.
0: Are they in all of them? I don't all remember the them in Halo Two. Yeah, what the hell? Oh, they're there.
1: God, I guess we'll have to do a playthrough of that sometime.
0: (laughs) Do a playcast for Halo 2. I want to get the other side of the argument. What's that, Josh?
1: Oh, no. I just said I got to have a refresher.
0: Yeah, uh, I want to get the other side of the argument here. So, germanscience.exe says, I like anniversary graphics. It makes it connect better with Halo Reach. If that's, you see, I think that's fair because if what you want out of Halo Anniversary is to make it feel like it's connected to the same world as Reach, I think they did a great job.
1: Sure. I think if you're going to do something, if you're going to bridge that gap and you want to have one game look the same as another, I think those are the best two games to do it with because of how Reach ties into yeah. Combat Evolved, how much it just ends just as Combat Evolved begins. So
0: if you're literally a great job.
1: yeah, if you're literally paying, playing Reach and you're beating the last level and then you're literally deciding, okay, I'm going to jump into Combat Evolved right now, Wow, is that pretty damn cool. You almost feel, you know you're not, but you almost feel like you're in the same kind of.
0: And that's kind of how I felt when when uh, Halo 1 Anniversary came out. It was only in time I started to discover, wow, I really missed the original Halo yeah. 1 aesthetic. Yeah, you know? oh, definitely. Uh, next response is from The Pops at The Pops 2020. It's me, The Pops. The Pops I don't know if you should think of a dad or like Corn Pops. Um, both are cool. Speaking of both, The Pops says, I like both. The fact that you can choose <laughs> on the Anniversary Edition is great. The best of both worlds. I I, I want to use the Pops comment because I feel like this should be a discussion-ending comment right here. A discussion-ending comment. Regardless of whether you prefer Anniversary or the classic graphics, they have made it possible to never see the opposite one and play it completely how you want at any time or change in the middle of your gameplay. They've given us all the tools to have our own preferences, so we should never be upset that the Anniversary graphics exist nothing's been taken away from us only something's been given you know what i mean that's a great point josh
1: and you know what i love that i love that there's both why because you know the 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 benefit of that is for me personally is that even though i don't prefer playing through anniversary uh i can always switch to anniversary see how different it looks imagine it you know in a world of halo reach if that makes sense and then instantly switch it back and think wow this is what this looked like
0: in 2001 I mean even And also you can get new people into the game who might only want to play with new graphics.
1: Absolutely. I mean if I am gonna introduce new people to it, I'm likely gonna be more suggesting of the anniversary. Even though selfishly I wanted them to have the experience I had, it's not gonna grab them as much, you know, when it looks so bland. Because it does. We just Yeah. It's hard for harder for us to see that because that was our experience way back when, but, uh, no, I love the fact that there's, there's both and you can switch on the fly and they don't force you to do either one. They just give you the option. Listen to me right now. I'm like, I'm like one of those like ladies, like I'm just, I'm being such a lever right now. Listen to me, you know, it's all about balance, but, uh, I love that. I love both. And I don't, I mean, I don't hate it. Like we already said, I don't hate that there's those anniversary graphics being what they are. I think it's awesome. It's one of those things that I don't enjoy as much, but I'm really glad that other people do and I'm glad it's there for those people that love it. Because that's just such a cool feature that they never had to do and they did.
0: Yeah, it's, it was a big effort. It's not like they just flipped a switch on right. I mean that was a I mean a you, you look back effort. and
1: you remember how they were even like trying to nail down the design of Anniversary Chief. You know, it wasn't yep. actually what how he When how they he first looked.
0: revealed him, he didn't look very good. Yeah.
1: So I mean, kudos to them for putting in that effort. Didn't have yeah. to do it, but they did.
0: Our next response is from at Carmine824. He says, original, the new graphics really do look nice, but as you said, they don't feel faithful enough. I feel that in using assets from Reach and 3, rather than refining the assets that were already there, it's somewhat detracted from the game's original identity.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd agree with that. You know, again, the I original understand.
0: game's identity is lost. I feel like yeah. it's an It topic.
1: feels, it feels more like, it feels more like Reach. I think if I'm putting someone through that for the first time, let's say you were putting Erica through it. And you had her play Reach first. You took her through it chronologically. And then she goes into that. I think for someone from her position, it's like almost sets the tone of like, okay, this is fine because this is what they're all going to look like. But if you're someone who kind of experienced the OG as it was, it's so much more brighter, shinier, crispier. The geometry is a little off in certain areas. You know, it doesn't quite line up as well. And I think that's why I don't like it as much. But again, it's still awesome.
0: Yep, totally. Uh, Last response is from... Jonathan Rojas, I, I think I pronounced your name right, says, Honestly, it depends on the level. Some levels look really out of place, spe- uh, especially when you're in the wild, like in the Mission Halo, or the first part of Truth and Reconciliation. But interiors, such as the Pillar of Autumn, or the Maw, and the second part of Truth and Reconciliation look great. So it sounds like he thinks like interior designs like the ship's look like more proper updated Halo CE, whereas the outside stuff looks really off. I think I kind of agree with that. Like, even though even though it looks different than the original graphics, like, I can almost buy into it more when I'm in, like, ships. Yep. It's when I'm outside and there's all the outside, like, flora and fauna and the changing of colors and That's lighting. That's a good point,
1: actually. I guess I I guess I guess do kind of agree with that. I do kind of feel Yeah. Like, yeah.
0: So I'm really glad he, p- he pointed that out. Know, it's, it's, point. Some places look more faithful than others. When you're outside... In three-four-three, guilty spark. You're like this looks It's like brighter.
1: It's brighter. It's still dark, it looks but it's glowy
0: and bright, and yeah. looks, looks much different. Yeah. So, uh, all right, Josh, we're we gonna get through this business quick. We're running. Late.
1: Absolutely, man. Take us through our patrons that we have. First, we got Joshy Big Boy. Joshy Big Boy. It's not me, guys. It's another Josh, a cooler. Josh.
0: No, it's really just Josh throwing five dollars on the patron. Just to no, I'll quit better. joshing around. Uh, Ryan Barca. Ryan Barca. Who also left that sick iTunes comment last week. Thank you. Yes, and you also sound yes, that
1: meant so much, and you also sound like a skater in Tony Hawk, so which is badass. I, I would select to play as you.
0: Dustin Mondre. Dustin
1: Mondre, great
0: dude. Sharp profile
1: picture. you ever seen him? Dude's in that suit. Oh, dude, shit. he looks hella Damn, sharp. Damn, Fresh he as hell. Like that sharp. Yeah. Anthony
0: Nicolosi. Anthony Nicolosi of, of KO
1: right Koala of Entertainment, right? If you
0: guys aren't following Anthony Nicolosi's um, company, KO Koala Entertainment. You need to do that right away. If they're going to release the best indie game known to yes. man. And he's funny uh, as heck, dude. I'm, 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 I'm putting the expectations way too high. they going to be like, whoa, Brian, you're going <laughs> to cut up. Whoa, Brian, settle down there, bud. Um, we got Corey Hanks, Corey Hanks, Corey Hanks, Corey Hanks. I forgot to mention him last week, mm-hmm. and I felt awful, so I said his name four times. <laughs> I love it. Thank Corey you. Hanks. That's a very iconic got, name.
1: Kilimanjaro. Kilimanjaro always so supportive yeah, you're someone who's watched our playcasts, so hopefully you really enjoyed this episode yeah thank you so much for all that, that support that means so much it really hyperstellar
0: hyperstellar, the, hyperstellar sequel the, to, the sequel to interstellar i feel like it's a sequel to interstellar but it's not actually directed by christopher nolan it's right it's kind of
1: like 10 cloverfield lane who's like a it's like a kind of a sequel it takes place in the same universe but it's not quite like a direct a sequel.
0: vacuum salesman
1: but honestly a lot of people consider this one to be better you know what i'm saying I mean I Go like the first Cloverfield, cleaner. but this is hyperstellar, this is interstellar, so I prefer hyperstellar. Not that Christopher Nolan shit.
0: It's where hyperstellar <laughs> goes up against Oric for best vacuum cleaner Yeah, the
1: market. I'm going for hyperstellar. Onibb.
0: Uh, Oni BB. Oni what BB. On,
1: Man, he sent me uh I he sent me I think it was I think it was on my birthday. By the way, guys, thank you so much for all that stuff in the Discord. Uh wishing me happy birthday That them and so much. But Oni, uh, yeah, had messaged me and uh, sent me some some stuff and, and said some really sweet things. And that meant so much. Great, great dude, guys.
0: Sweet Oni BB.
1: Sweet Oni or BB. Should I
0: should say baby. No, I'm just kidding. Being sweet weird. Sweet Oni baby. Uh, next we got some protein. Protein jugs. <laughs> Woo, man. Uh, can you imagine the disappointment on this podcast if I read his name off just like, next we got protein jugs? That'd be so sad. Well, you always got to hype it
1: up, and it always makes yeah. me laugh because the visuals. I'm not going to talk about that on the show, but it's it's very funny Man, I
0: just like how his name is Protein Judge, and in parentheses, <laughs> parentheses it just says, Jacob.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jacob, you're so funny, man. Uh, uh,
0: next we got Genesis. Genesis. love Genesis. He's dude's always interacting with us Len everywhere. That is fantastic, awesome man.
1: Awesome guy. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I, I So oh, many God. good things I can say about him. Ian Big Dog Mills. Ian Big Dog podcast. Mills. That's one of the coolest damn dudes I've ever known. I love his energy on Twitter. I love, I love it, it, dude. Having him on the show was fantastic. Just his damn Halo 4 story was like one of the coolest Halo oh, stories. Oh,
0: legendary. Like it's, in the, it's in the legendary companion. It is.
1: That's not heroic. Um,
0: next we got Nick Ray, baby. Nick
1: Ray, baby. I got to make a song about Ooh, you or something.
0: Ooh, Ray, what you yeah, have for hey, dinner. Ta, ta, ta. Was it a baked potato? Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> next Thanks. we got Jondon. Jondon, the I'll Crimson Seraph,
1: sailing in. You know, whenever I think of Crimson Seraph, I picture the uh, the weird Covey ships. I don't know the names of them that fly in oh, yeah, during yeah. the Halo They're Reef. They're called Seraphs. Yeah, think. Oh, that's it. That's why I think of them. Yep.
0: Wow. I'm smarter oh, than the Revelation I here, Josh. Right. Love Jondon.
1: Next, um, we got Trevor Pokey. Trevor Pokey, Mr. Hockey fan, and just all, over, all around
0: suave dude. Thank you so much. I feel much. like he's the natural go to for modeling a leather jacket. <laughs> Dude, I could see him in that. He'd be yeah, fresh. totally. Oh yeah. Next we got the Shipleys. The I'm really Shipley's. hoping Kirsty is able to play Crash, even though she injured her elbow. I know.
1: I hope she's feeling better. Make sure to send her some well wishes, guys. If it
0: makes you feel better, I haven't got to play Crash yet. So yeah, the show is like being. WandaVision. That's that's what we imagine. Yes, be. the Shipleys are the WandaVision. Watch the WandaVision, and you'll know exactly. The black what the and white aspect like. of you know the yeah. whole leave it to Beaver shit. Like I love that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next we got our buddy from Podtacular, Dust Storm. Dust Storm. Dust such so cool. Such a supportive, like, he is like, he's just, he's one of the, the core, um, just personalities of the Halo community. We love the dude. He
1: is, and, 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 having, getting to be a part of Potacular was incredible and, and very humbling, very flattering. Can you think
0: of, Josh, can you think of, cause we always have our little saying for Matthew Salvatore, but before we get to him, can you think of a saying for, for Glass? Because Glass, who, who also goes by Marcus, but think of a saying for Glass because he is our second longest running supporter. The man who never gets a pass, ladies and gentlemen, it's Glass. Beautiful. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> now, for the last one, our longest running supporter, Josh. The man who saw Justice League
1: and knew it needed more, ladies and gentlemen, it's our buddy Matthew Salvatore. I hope he
0: loves that. I hope, I hope he, he does too. That. I know he does. That's our patrons guy. If you want to guys, if you want to support us on Patreon, we have a Patreon at patreon.com/sacrediconhalo. You can get in for a dollar, $5, or $10. We got different perks there for you. We love that support. Really appreciate it. Don't feel obligated, though. Another way you can support us is you can go over to YouTube.com slash Sacred Icon Halo and subscribe to our YouTube page. Hit us up on Twitter at Sacred Oh, Brian, you don't need to take
1: us in all that. I got us covered, baby. Oh, you
0: got it covered? Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what, guys? We've really enjoyed our time with you, but we want to leave you with a little something special, so I'm going to say keep it sacred and take us out, Josh.